Hey, Dumpster Dwellers. Just want to give you a heads up about today's episode. We've got a guest friend of the show, Arlen Haro, on today. And his audio seemed to have gotten a little corrupted, so you might hear a little bit of popping and words kind of merging into each other and him kind of sounding a little stilted. Other than that, we hope you enjoy the show. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 2, Episode 25. This is the last bomb to be dropped for our blockbuster bombs and today we got green lantern from 2011 directed by martin campbell i'm joel scola i'm sean o'rourke i'm connor one punch mcgraw i'm arlen i'm actually here haro in brightest day in blackest night no evil shall escape my sight let those who worship evils might beware my power green, green lantern's, lantern's light. light i hal jordan do solemnly swear to pledge allegiance to a lantern that I got from a dying purple alien in a swamp. boy so yeah here we are so the fucking streams have finally crossed <laughs> yep in terms of uh bringing someone from fam zone over here um and i've invoked his name enough to the point where now he just appeared <laughs> <laughs> two tardises landed in the side of each other and yeah we're now now we're here <laughs> and you didn't even have to invoke smallville no uh, oh, <laughs> we could have gone a whole episode me and arlen without hearing about smallville mm-hmm. <laughs> you can keep that shit you heard it first lou is gonna come out of a vent or something he's gonna- <laughs> We're on season five. <laughs> Out of how many? Ten. Yep. Oh my God, that show was on for too long. And I still can't believe that that guy didn't get to wear the fucking suit in any of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he like fucking, ha- he has nightmares about that, you think? Well, then he came back to play the Adam, so I guess he still made some kind of bank. Good for him, question mark. Oh no, that's, um, that was Brandon Routh who came back to play the Adam. Oh, was it? It wasn't <laughs> Not even the same guy. <laughs> well, Tom Welling was, uh, was the one from Smallville, and then he is basically kind of like, hovered around productions but never been involved in one okay so everyone's like this is it he's gonna come back as superman and he didn't because he thinks it's silly fucking a arlen welcome to the show yes welcome to the show the lovely arlen haro you know i have a question for you Mm. are you actually columbo i believe he is yeah if you ask connor if if you see an actual picture of my face it is just replaced by Peter Falk. I have blocked out his face from my head and just replaced it with a picture of Peter Falk. I have. N- I was talking about this to Sean before, and I was like, I have no fucking idea what Arlen looks like. All I know <laughs> is that I think he's Columbo. He's like Slender Man. It's just a blank face, right? Creeping around the woods. <laughs> like pictures of his pictures of him have popped up on social media, and I'd be like, No! And I close the page real fast. He say, Hey Joe, how are you? How you doing? Okay, I'm gonna go solve a fucking mystery now. I'm gonna go read you a book, okay? <laughs> You see, um, how did you know the book was there? I mean, I can't, I can't figure it out. How the book was there, now it's there. How did you know? I mean, <laughs> uh, that's my bad Peter Falk impression. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I just picked Peter Falk. Basically, that was it. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is who I am on the internet now. So, yeah, you, you just spin that fucking roulette wheel, and there, there he was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Vodka uh, causes a lot of bad decisions. So, yeah. 
Dude, aren't you aren't you drinking vodka every time I catch you watching some weird ass movie at night too? Yes. Probably finished a bottle watching this movie. Oh. Oh, I could have. I fought the urge. At least a handle. <laughs> At least a handle? I had an almost finished bottle of uh, blackberry brandy on top of my fridge, and I almost reached for it. Um, I showed some restraint. Ooh. <laughs> I was looking for the tenafly by the time this film was over. <laughs> Melt my fucking face off, please. I wanted the battery acid that Burt Ward was trying to pour down <laughs> Jay Moore's throat. I was just contemplating self-harm by the third act. I was like, what if I just hit my head against the window? How would it feel? So the Phantom Zone. Yes, let's discuss the Phantom Zone. We've brought it up a bunch on the show in the past but uh what 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 is the phantom zone for those that don't know connor or alan or maybe a combination of both oh good question um phantom zone is a experiment in chaos that has gone on for three almost four years um that started as a uh, a pitch to review all the dccw tv shows and our buddy Chris pitched it. He's actually the creator of the show, but if you ask him that, he's like, nah, 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 I didn't do that. Mm. He's the proverbial man behind the curtain. <laughs> yes, uh, and all of us kind of just said, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And then we took on this Herculean task of uh, watching it four to six hours of TV a week and then having to talk about it. And then yeah. two years later, we realized that that was a uh, torturous idea. <laughs> I have to commend you on that at the beginning because <laughs> goddamn, that is a lot of work. Started off really fun, but then like by Flash season three, like we were fucking feeling it because that season is just bad television. And when you're essentially stuck with it until it's over and it's got mid-season breaks and sometimes it takes a week off here and there and you're just waiting for this fucking thing to end, it was brutal. It was awful. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and that sort of, that developed into, well, we don't want to have a week where we're not putting out anything, where there's just, like, nothing for people to listen to. So we just started coming up with other formats and other ideas, and sure, some of them really grew on us as we did them, and we began to like those more. So we're maybe moving towards some of those other formats as our main shows really uh so yeah cool yeah we review stuff less and less i think we're going to finish up legion season three eventually um and then pretty much i think cover crisis on infinite earths this fall and then just kind of only cover tv when we feel like it now crisis on infinite earths i haven't read in a while is that the one with superboy prime or is that the one with old superman and and current superman well i guess that a better way to put that is is it, is it the one when the flash dies yes 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 okay as it's told in that book me and God, i think we're both on the same page which character dies will probably be very different based off of universe that they've established so far i think they're going for very Avengers Endgame type ending based off of everything that we've seen. So the Arrow's eating it, is that what you're telling me? Probably. Well, also, Arrow is ending, so it's a perfect time to make his exit in a big old crossover event. Yeah. And I guess Flash is getting, what, a fourth or fifth season? I'm starting to see it advertised. Yeah. Flash is getting a sixth season. Oh, my God. I guess, did it did it get good again? Yes. It improved last season because they kind of, like, everyone got mad about speedsters. Everyone's like, stop doing evil speedsters. Then they tried doing a non-speedster villain, and we're like, this is the dumbest fucking thing we've had to sit through since the last season. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like what Green Lantern did in the comics when it was like, why is Green Lantern fighting anything but other people that have similar powers? Because they would be not, they wouldn't be a fight against him. Yeah. Yeah. And they opted for a villain called the thinker whose entire gimmick is that he's intelligent. He's hyper intelligent. He's always two steps ahead of everybody, four steps ahead, five steps ahead. But then the longer that season went on, the less anything surrounding the villain who thinks. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to, 
turn this into a Phantom Zone episode right here, but what happens is that the character is supposed to be very smart. He started taking over other bodies and, like, body swapping, and the actors that they would pick to play this character going forward, they were the dumbest people that have ever walked the earth, some of them. <laughs> they all got exponentially worse. It was it was bad. I don't fucking need that. Versus the guy who started it, who's brilliant. Yeah. He, he's clearly brilliant, and he's good at presenting a very intelligent character, Hannibal Lecter-esque in all the best ways, but it was a sharp downhill from there. So yeah, it just got it just got worse and worse. And by the end of it, like he's he's defeated by someone unplugging him. Oh my god! What is this? Uh, what's his face from uh, Zolan? <laughs> Zola? Zola? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll never defeat me, Captain America. Oh no, not my power cord. Good night, fucker. Yeah, he he downloads himself into an AI, and then his ex-wife goes up and pulls the power supply out, and he just dies. I'm like, that's it? You pulled his plug out? <laughs> yeah, he's got a backup in a Tamagotchi somewhere in a drawer. <laughs> I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll Ultron his way back into something at some point. But um, yeah, we've been covering Legion. Uh, we do uh, kind of what Shadow Zone eventually morphed into, which is a show called The Three AM Files, where we're all presenting with either conspiracy theories or weird shit, monsters, ghosts, paranormal stuff. Oh, I like that. I want to listen to that. I mean, you can be on if you want. Everybody's like, yeah, you could be on the show, Joe. And I'm like, okay. And then I never get a fucking email <laughs> or an invite or a phone call. Our timing has not been great. I'll say that. Um, and After Dark is where we just kind of either do uh, off-kilter movie reviews. Like, we did Mandy for an After Dark. I listen to that one. Or usually we do news or just nonsense. And the nonsense is where some of our best bits come from. And on this show, we're doing uh, something something that kind of like, you know, I, I want to say like two trains colliding, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this, this fucking pile of shit brought four people together. Uh, and one of them has no idea uh, the, the, the depths of why this is so shitty. And the other three do. <laughs> Jesus. We're like the losers club going to fight Pennywise. Fate brought us together. Joe, your reaction I thought was either going to be uh, completely perplexed or bored. And you walked in, you went, this movie's fucking boring. I was like, huzzah! <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Okay, so everybody here is well-educated in the Green Lantern mythos. Um, and I, myself, am not. I know who Hal Jordan is. I know who Sinestro is. I know what a green, a, a green lantern. I know what a Green Lantern is and does and how it works and shit like that. Um... But as far as the comics books, I, I'm just not a DC guy, period. Um, I just never read anything. I don't know anything beyond that as far as, you know, Hal Jordan's backstory or what the fuck a parallax is or <laughs> any of that horse shit. The movie's unforgivable sin. <laughs> what I do know or what's insinuated through this is that there's a whole lot of fucking let's try to cram as many different fucking arcs in here as we possibly can. Yeah! Yeah. It's the problem I had with this movie when I saw it in theaters, and it's the problem I have now. Yeah, and I feel like, and I feel like, and again, like, uh, my position on this episode is going to be purely um, semi-average moviegoer, spectator for this film. Again, like, I don't know. When I, when I say that it has all these arcs running together, it's because that's what it fucking feels like when I'm watching it. So, like, I don't know any comic book arcs, but, like, it just feels like we're going from one motherfucking thing to the next, and it's just kind of bleh. And because this movie opens with what Parallax supposedly is for this interpretation... Sure. Um, that's pretty much where we can start to start to fucking pick the movie apart and explain exactly why it's, like... If you went as a casual moviegoer, I imagine you'd be bored. If you went as a Green Lantern fan, I'm sure you were outraged. <laughs> I got questions. 
Um, but yeah, mostly I would, I just wanted to fall asleep. Um, and that's bad. Yeah. Yeah, this movie's not exciting enough to warrant much of anything, and then uh, if you're there for the comic book mythos, you're like, you fucked up everything. Oh, God. Yep. I'll tell you what I'm here for, Taika Waititi. That's what I'm here for, because he was great. That caught me so off guard, I forgot he was there. Yeah. He made me laugh. Every time he popped up, he made me laugh. Just his face alone does it. It does it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, I was a huge fucking mark for Green Lantern. It's my favorite comic book series of all time. That is a bold statement. I, again, I I've, I pretty much read everything from Rebirth, which I think was like 2004, 2005, all the way up till, you know, past brightest fucking day. So I did Blackest Night, Agent Orange, you know, Attack of the Red Lantern, Sinestro Corp War, uh, you know, and then I even read it, you know, the New 52 when they fucking gave Sinestro the green ring back. And then it kind of all culminated at the end against... Uh, one of the original um, Guardians that appears in this film. I love Green Lantern, and this movie is just a fucking punch in the gut, man. I would agree, and, like, Green Lantern's not one of my favorites, but I do have a lot of respect for that section of DC because I love cosmic DC stuff because it's all just so fucking weird and awesome. Sure. Um, And I knew who Parallax was because I know that story very well. And I went into this, and I was like, oh, you goofed this. Oh, yeah, big time. So, essentially, this is a movie about the first Green Lantern on Earth, Hal Jordan, played by Ryan Reynolds. And, you know, the Green Lanterns are essentially this intergalactic peacekeeping organization, and there's 3,600 of them, each one from a different sector of the galaxy that these blue alien things called the Guardians have designated as heroes to protect the said sectors and they give them these things called green power rings and they use the power of willpower to fight essentially and Hal Jordan goes through this movie in the span of it feels like days uh, traveling to their home planet coming back to earth traveling back to their home planet back to earth (laughs) all in the pursuit of stopping something he doesn't fully understand while also uh Something that really bothered the shit out of me. A character in the comics that is known for not being afraid of anything. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is scared out of his mind for most of this film. Yeah. But it all hinges upon some bullshit that I think you need to watch the extended edition for. Maybe. Okay. Oh, that's 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 what I wanted to uh, say. Um, I didn't realize I was watching the extended version, and I did. Um, did everybody watch the same one? <laughs> I, th- I watched the one that was two hours long. The one I watched has him at the beginning, and his dad dies? Is that pretty Yeah. Nice? Okay. You know, it's about an hour 50 movie, and then I think it goes a little bit over two when you get the extended. And there's a few more scenes with, I think, Sinestro and with uh, the character Carol. Who could give a shit about that character? Uh, Is she big I in like the comics? Carol. She's huge! She's like a major character! Okay. She's fucking trash in this movie. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that is, like, they'll mention it, and if you know DC well enough, you go, that's important! Yeah. And then in this movie, it's like, whatever, and they just cast it aside. As somebody just looking in from the outside, she was just there. She was just like a basic fucking love interest that I did not need and I was like why are we fucking why are we dicking around with this like he's supposed to be like learning his powers and shit right no yeah yeah there's a lot of wasted energy in this movie on things that don't need to be here and maybe could have waited for another movie oh we couldn't wait or two movies or something like Mark Strong's the only one that really came out of this looking good Mark Strong I didn't even I, I was like oh my god this guy fucking rules. Yeah, I don't even know Sinestro. I don't I, like. I don't even know what he's supposed to do or or his backstory. 
But he was fucking great. He's the best part of this movie. Easy. So Sinestro in the comics that I kind of hinted at a little bit, he is like one of, he's Green Lantern's like oldest enemy. And he always had this yellow power ring and the Green Lantern's weakness, you know, was the, was the color yellow for years and years and years. And then Jeff Johns came in in the early 2000s and was like, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And he came up with the idea, or at least expanded on the idea. I'm sure a few people prior to this had the idea that, oh, well, the yellow is actually being powered by fear and like in the what was it late 90s arlen or connor either you can jump out and help me out here but death of superman kind of kicked this all off really that's early 90s yes because um it was the reign of the superman that had an effect on what green lantern would eventually go and do shortly afterwards um because after superman died there was the eradicator cyborg superman there was superboy and who was the fourth steel from our favorite episode that we ever did <laughs> yeah <laughs> with a sidekick who's a woman in a wheelchair with rockets granny van damme oh god it's a prequel <laughs> i'm armed now <laughs> forget shotguns i've got your rockets right here where's shaquille o'neal so in so after death of superman during that event mongol is is essentially the main bad guy by the end of it and uh, he destroys Coast City. All of it, which is where House from. And he basically goes insane and becomes this entity known as Parallax. And this was kind of DC's way of writing him out of the fucking comics and replacing him with a different character named Kyle Rayner, whose girlfriend was the one that got fridged Ugh. in that like famous storyline. Yeah. Okay, so there's how many different Parallaxes? There is only one. Yes. Okay. So the, the, so the short version of this, just to kind of get moving, is eventually there ends up being four human... Green Lanterns. The other two are John Stewart, who is in the Justice League uh, animated series, and he's probably, I'd have to say, maybe the second most well-known. Yes. And then there's Guy Gardner, who is a fucking badass. He's kind of like the salty, like, sarcastic guy that just always wants to get into a fucking fight. And that's who my uh, opening line is referencing. Yes. Um, <laughs> he, he is like the fourth guy, and he was actually in Death of Superman. He was in the Justice League at the time, and he got his fucking... He got his fucking ass kicked by Doomsday. He kicked everybody's ass. <laughs> so then essentially, eventually, Jeff John says, okay, we're going to retcon this. We're going to bring back Hal Jordan. And then he actually was the same guy that went back and brought back Barry Allen later on. Yes. For Flashpoint. He brings back Hal Jordan and says, no, Parallax was not Hal Jordan. He was he was taken over by the fear entity known as Parallax that was living inside the fucking Guardian's uh, you know, central power battery. And when Sinestro was in prison there at some point, he communicated with it and caused it to make Hal Jordan go crazy and kill all these fucking people and destroy the Green Lantern Corps. It's less of a giant space squid um, uh, and more of a parasitic entity which feeds on your fear and insecurities and, and needs a host body. Exactly. It looks like when you light one of those little fucking firecracker things and it shits all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever they're called, the fucking shitters, the cattails. Yeah, the snakes. Yeah, like a firecracker snake thing. Well, you know what's the pisser about that? I was watching a behind-the-scenes video on the effects of how that character is made, and it was supposed to look like fucking, like, rolling skeletons, like just a fucking, you know, tidal wave of death coming at you, and they couldn't get it to look good with the lighting. So they're like, oh, you know what? Let's just make it look like shit. That sounds much better, though. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Literal, like, literal poop. But just to finish your question, just to totally answer your question, Joe, before we move on, then Jeff Johns, throughout the storyline that he was writing, 
you know, fleshed it out. And it wasn't just green and yellow. They had orange, which was avarice. I was going to say, what are all the other colors? I know there's like a black lantern and shit like that. Yeah, they had Star Sapphire, which Carol in this movie, her nickname is Sapphire. She is the Star Sapphire. Oh, okay. And she was originally a villain like back in the day. But in Jeff John's story, she had her own team of Star Sapphires. And they use, like, the power of love, I think. What are they, like, the fucking the Captain Planets, Planeteers? Is that what's happening? Yeah, man, like, straight up. And then they had, well, you know, Avarice, it was just one dude. It's this fucking ape-looking guy, Larflees, and he just had fucking constructs. He could make thousands of them of different people that he killed, essentially. Yeah, and then Red is Rage. Atrocitus, who was in uh, Injustice 2, I believe. And he comes with his fucking cat. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> I forget the name of the cat, but the cat's awesome. I also am blanking the cat's name, but yeah, there's a cat who's a red lantern. He hangs out with Atrocitus, and that cat is terrifying. There's a fucking bee lantern in this? A bee green lantern? That's from the comic, man. It's a fly. I was like, I want to know what the f- that fucking guy's story is. And then just to, just to round it out, there's also Indigo, which is like compassion, and then the final one is Blue, which was uh, Hope. And their saying was always, all will be well. And it's like, every time that happened in the comic, I'd fucking cheer. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And then uh, I guess they had they had black and white for brightest day and blackest night, but they're less important. Yeah, they're like event-based, I would suppose you could call them. Like, because the Black Lanterns, their aspect is death, and they went around resurrecting a fuck ton of people uh, and basically into their service. They're like the Collector's Club exclusive rings, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Even fucking Lex Luthor got one at one point. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, okay, so we fucking open up this motherfucker with Jeffrey Rush rambling on about the fucking emerald energy and shit. Hello, I'm a fish. Tomar Ray. You ever see me in Pirates of the Caribbean? And I'm like, yes, I'd rather be watching that right now. So Jeffrey's talking about, um, you know, there's there's 3,600 uh, or 3,000. They make a point to say 3,600, not 3,600. Yeah, I thought that was strange. And they keep saying this over and over again, and I'm like... Are we supposed to be keeping count? Because, like, a bunch of them die in this movie. Right, yeah. So now it's only, like, you know... 3,500. But we won't bore you with those uh, details of those events. We'll just say it happened and not show it. It was just an odd thing. Well, technically, it uh, the ring just travels to a new person, so I guess they just don't have a lot of downtime. Okay, so there has to be 3,600 at any given time? Is that what the idea is? Yeah, and I, I want to say there were storylines involving where that, like, wasn't working, and then they had to investigate why it wasn't working, and, it was, you know, it was always some kind of, like, wacky fucking scheme by either the Guardians or Sinestro. Gotcha. So Jeffrey Rush has given us the rundown just just about the Green Lantern and, like, where the power comes from and, and these uh, elder gods, or they're not gods, they're, like, elder beings called the Guardians who, like, watch over the galaxy or some shit um and they're like hey you know what uh the galaxy needs protectors so let's fucking use the will of the entire universe and encapsulate it in a fucking lantern and give it to all these individuals that are true of heart and aren't scared of anything or something and then um everybody except a human like how many different races are there that have a fucking lantern, and they're like, Yeah, I know, yeah. And fuck the human race or whatever. And they're like, We've been doing this for centuries. Thousands of eons have gone by. I feel like that's like their excuse to be like, Hey, we didn't make any more of these superhero films, so we gotta make an excuse why, like, nobody else shows up when the Green Lantern gets picked on Earth. Oh, uh, oh, you know what? 
And then they do make a point to say, oh, well, the humans are so young. They're the youngest race in the in the universe. That's kind of a thing in both Marvel and DC, though. It's like usually sure. the Earth will get stumbled upon by some fucking hyper-advanced, uh, important other race or group. And they're like, oh, you guys are still doing all this. That's adorable. There's always like a, an object that somehow makes its way to Earth. And they're like, well, we got to destroy it now. So hand it over. Or three Infinity Stones wind up in a planet with people who don't know what to do with them. Exactly. Don't even know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> so they actually show Parallax because they explain that one of the Guardians. <laughs> That's right. And he looks funny. They found this yellow energy. And, and if you haven't seen the movie or you haven't read the comics, essentially the Guardians are, they're these fucking guys that have just these giant blue heads. They look like the Watchers. With kind of like these wisps of hair and uh, long, long red robes. And this guy, I swear to God, any, any fucking DC fan out there, this is this is Chrono, the 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 first fucking Guardian. He was like one of the people that fucking found the Anti Monitor, if I remember correctly, originally. Oh, that's right, yeah. Because I I was pretty confident it was Chrono, and then I watched a behind the scenes video on how they did Parallax's effects, like I was talking about. And the, the effects guy kept referring to it as Krona's head. Krona's head keeps poking out. So it's canon. That's interesting. They used him as the parallax stand-in. It's really bizarre. But don't ever call him that. Yeah, well, we're going to get into the... like. I was talking to Arlen earlier about like the semantics of parallax and how it works this movie and how it's like a complete mess, aside from not being accurate from the comic, because it's just, it's in, it just goes in too many different directions. Yeah. Doesn't know what it wants to be. They have him um, uh, imprisoned in this uh, outer rim kind of thing. They have him imprisoned on this planet Ryu in the Lost Sector, which, again, I'm just going to keep bringing out the fucking trivia because I had to refresh my memory before this episode. The, the Lost Sector in the comics was Sector 666, which is where Atrocitus was from. Yeah. And it was, like, basically the Lost Sector because these fucking androids that the Guardians made a millennia ago went crazy and just fucking wiped everybody out. And then they tried covering it up. <laughs> we don't we don't go there anymore. Starting to see a pattern here. I think they're called, like, the Manhunters or some shit. The Martian Manhunters? Yeah. I wish. <laughs> no, just the Manhunters, because that's how naming works in the DC-verse. Yeah. Because <laughs> fuck you, stupid. <laughs> but just a, just a final note on that, it is also the same planet that the Anti-Monitor's corpse was thrown into, and then the fucking Black Lantern, uh, what am I trying to say here? The core Black Lantern fucking grew out of that so this is the warehouse from indiana jones is what you're what you're saying yes basically fucking nailed it and remember when i made that comment in the reign of fire episode where i was like you know in in there's gonna be some humanoid race or some alien motherfuckers and there's always gonna be that one asshole drinking a budweiser and smoking <laughs> a cigarette that unleashes something awful yep yes. yeah benny and and just fuck it yeah benny <laughs> screw you benny this is alien benny breaking into fucking parallax's dungeon well they don't even break in they fall in by accident what are they doing there i think they crash they, they there's a subtitle says like we crash landed on some planet and blah 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 blah. fucking morden solace looking for shells yeah but then like they're walking along the surface of this planet and they come up like they step on just this weak part of the ground and they fall into a fucking cave boom hi parallax you're just sitting there <laughs> and he's awake why isn't his face covered in this green shit and he's like Oh, you're scared? Give me your fear <laughs> shit. You're scared. Good. Is that a thing in the comics? And he's like, oh, I smell your fear. Give me your yellow skeleton. It doesn't really work that way. I mean... No, it's more like... it's Because in this movie, they, they use fear as a very, like, just 
broad term for like, oh man, that's bad. It's fear. I'm scared. In the comics, like I've always interpreted it as like it's like it's like how the dark side influences you. It's like it's your insecurities. It's all kinds of stuff like that. It's, right. You know, sure. Anxieties. It's your worst fears come to life. All kinds of stuff like that. And like that seems to be me to me how it always would influence you. But this movie, it's like sw- I'm gonna swallow your soul. Well, it's like Parallax. He he was just basically like the embodiment of fear, and he was essentially like the entity. Associated with the 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 fear, the yellow fear power, essentially that yeah. Sinestro and the Sinestro Corp, uh, you know, funneled their power from. So that is accurate. Like he is synonymous with the yellow power and fear. It's kind of funny because as bad as as bad as it looks, it, that is how it would function. It would take over Chrono's body and and malform him. It's just the execution of that on the screen is piss poor. Yeah. Yes, because he's supposed to be like parasitic, but in this movie he has a body. We see it all the time. But then also has a puppet on Earth, and I'm not really sure why they did both of those things. Well, you gotta get Hector Hammond in there somehow, Connor. <laughs> the only other memorable villain from the Green Lantern. Yeah, him and one of the gorillas have the same origin story, basically. One of the mini gorillas. Yes, Grodd, I was reading about that. Do they have any links to Parallax? No. Okay. <laughs> then what the- So then this character is completely bullshit, then. Right. Well... I will say this though, he he, they do it half right, and we'll get to it when we get to it. But like they they did see this is the thing about this movie, and I'll, I'll address them as the moments happen. But they do have a lot of stuff from the fucking comics from the, this time, from like the reboot stuff. But they just fucking fumble every, they fumble it along the way. I was gonna say in some cases they do interesting things, but they double back on it. They undo what they the interesting thing that they set up because of this larger lore that they're trying to establish. So they keep getting in their own way. No, I agree. And and just even this opening, like Joe was talking about with his dad's, you know, flight test (laughs) in the comics. And I, you know, I I did this a little bit with dragon ball and I've done it with uh, other things in the past. So I apologize for anyone that this drives insane, but I can't help it. The fucking comic did it better in about four pages than this movie does in 10, (laughs) 10 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just fucking Hal Jordan fucking waking up as a kid and being like, Oh, Dad, you're not going to go after Fly, are you? And he's like, I got to, son, because I'm not afraid of anything, or whatever he says. That's the film's message, get it? I'm not scared because I can't be scared because I need to do my job. And it's like, okay. Daddy can't be scared because he takes opioids. (laughs) There's the through line. He loves giving thumbs up and shit. And then, like, oh, man, this is... This was like, this threw me for a loop because I'm like, what the fuck? Like, we're going right from bedtime to like, we're waking up in the morning and like, uh, Hal's like late for school and, um, he ends up just like skipping school and going to the fucking Air Force base. Yeah. Just like they let little kids run around on the fucking Air Force base. Right. Yeah. Well, they also let little kids walk into mining shafts too. So, well, this is true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that same guy's on Benny's on duty. He's like, hey, kid, want a Budweiser? Okay. <laughs> How about a cigarette? No, do you have a cigarette? I'm not asking you if you want one. Oh, yeah. Small child, do you have a cigarette? <laughs> so, this is all happening, and we're to assume that Parallax was unleashed in 1993. Right! Which leads to a larger problem that I have, <laughs> I which is... I, that. I That just dawned on me, too. I'm like, wait oh a second. Oh, my God. The Earth is dead already. It takes him, like, 25 years to get back at Abin Surfer imprisoning him. 
<laughs> it takes them 25 years and the green lanterns in all that time don't realize anything is going on and they don't fix it which is just that's jedi order levels of stupidity <laughs> like and just incompetence yeah yeah and they make a point to show fucking abin sir's like craft from the comic as like his ship in 93 and then he has this fucking sims diamond in fucking 2011 or whenever the hell this is i got an upgrade don't the guardians have foresight into that like don't can they can't they sense that um he's out and about you would think so you would think yeah i thought they mentioned that like oh yeah we know that fucking yellow bastards out there fucking around he's gonna kill us all i I feel like they always have been played up in the comics and even in this movie as like they're they're so up their own ass that they don't think about stuff like that unless it's brought to their attention unless it directly affects them uh yeah and and like from what i remember from the comics there was one guy in particular and a second guardian that i can't remember her damn name i think it might have been scar but this guy ganthet he was kind of like the one uh guardian who kind of thought more in that direction but all the other ones are just so high and mighty they don't even think oh why he wouldn't escape why would he escape yeah they do a lot of sitting around and staring off ominously they they seem really fucking bored it's like oh they must be busy thinking i'll leave them alone that's like me watching this movie and there's a lot of storylines in the comics where that causes tension within the green lantern Corps, and people like rebel against them for that and shit happens (laughs) for being complacent (laughs) the lanterns seem very proactive and the guardians seem very passive right so little hal runs up on his dad and his dad's like hey here's my my jacket keep it warm for me because i'm about to explode <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the one dude's like he says something to him like oh uh the 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 rotation's off two degrees and he's like ah fuck it i'm good uh, how's everything else and he's like it's fine he's like okay i was like you're dead <laughs> let me tell you something this is an inside job by ferris oxygen tank six is uh unsafe yeah fuck it <laughs> Um, so he's, like, driving this plane, and they're like, yeah, Dad, yeah. What is, is he doing a demonstration or right. something? He's supposed to be testing out this fucking F-35 or whatever the fuck it is. There's, like, it's like an event. There's, like, people there. They're like, yeah, can't wait to see you fly it. Yeah, why are there all these people here for a demonstration of a military, to no. like, a weapon? <laughs> like, why is there a crowd? Yeah, you wouldn't do that. I don't know. This is, like, a government thing that they do by themselves, not with a fucking... Well, because they did it in the comic, but we fucked it up. Oh, they did. Okay. I mean... <laughs> I can see company people being there. I can see that. Like, people who work there, maybe bringing their families, maybe, but, like, ten people. <laughs> like, not fifty or whatever. I, I see a bunch of suits sitting at a round table watching it on a television. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this thing fucking takes off. Or does it? <laughs> yes, it does. And he's yeah. like, all right, Dad, you're the coolest. Gives him a thumbs up. And he goes to take off, and this fucking engine fucking blows out, or I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck happened. Something blows up. It explodes. And this plane just starts careening into the fucking flight tower, takes it out, and it ends up, like, crashing down the fucking runway. And it little Hal runs up to this fucking thing, and his oh dad- Oh, my God. This is so funny. I'm sorry. Oh, but- I was like, I laughed out loud, because I was like, is this what we're doing? Like this? Well, it's also the way it's filmed and edited. Like, so Hal is running up to his dad, and he sees his dad stand out of the cockpit. Like, he's okay. The eject thing pops off. Yeah. So, his dad's fine, stands up, and doesn't even- He, like- he sees Hal for a split second, and then it just slam cuts to the plane exploding <laughs> in a fireball. It's, 
I'm pretty sure he turns around and he's like, he gives him a thumbs up and then he explodes. The way they shot it and edited it, like, you don't get a moment to drink in what's happening and feel any dread or any kind of emotional attachment. You're just no. like, oh, he blew up. That was really funny. <laughs> I still didn't realize what was happening because it was just like, I drive planes, I guess. And here's how Four Pages beats this fucking 10 minute intro. Please enlighten me. It just starts with him already at the fucking airplane, at the airport or the Air Force Base, I guess. Uh, you know, he already has the jacket. His dad's already flying in the fucking plane. There's some internal monologue. Carol's out there with her dad. Her dad is actually a kind of a piece of shit, uh, you know, on the phone with uh, Hal's, you know, Hal's dad, telling him, ah, no, it's fine, it's fine, you know, about the ship, kind of like, you know, waving off the problems. And then uh, Hal goes to kind of break through the fence where there's like a ripped part in the bottom of it to get closer to watch his dad. And then like as he's doing that, his dad goes, oh, my God, I'm losing control. It's either I hit Coast City or I hit this and only I die. And he crashes into the ground and explodes. Better. He doesn't fly through the fucking control center. He doesn't panic. He just <laughs> makes a decision and makes a sacrifice. Yeah, but that's supposed to be, like, the whole thing that he instills in his son, right? Like, Right. But, like, I felt like the comic, it was, like, a heroic move. And in this, it was just like, oh, fuck, the thing's broken. Shit, I'm dead. Yeah. It's my job to not be afraid. Let me take out this tower full of ten people. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that dude fucking gets clocked and falls down a stairwell. Fucking, it slices an air, air traffic control tower in half, essentially, and they just gloss over that. I'm like, there's probably dead people in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, there sure is. Like, I, 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 I get that you're not going to do a one-to-one because it's a totally different medium, but, like, why, why have them crash into the control center? Because you have the budget for it? I think that's why they cut it out of the movie because they were like, you know what? We did a really bad job doing this yeah so then we flash forward to the present where abinser's driving this fucking diamond around in space what is this guy's name abinser 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 he was actually his comic book design was based on yul brenner <laughs> really that makes a lot of sense uh, but he's still fleeing parallax and then we go to hal jordan and guess what guys he's exactly like the comic book Oh, wait, he's nothing like the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> he's just Ryan Reynolds. He's he's Deadpool. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's part, of the, that's part of the problem with this movie is that yeah. I don't think Ryan Reynolds is bad, generally speaking, but he should not be Hal Jordan. <laughs> well, uh, I'll go so far as to say, at least at the very beginning of this movie, he's not playing no. Hal Jordan. And his character changes completely. Not in, like, the way that a story arc should change, but in just, like, he's playing a different character altogether by the end of this movie. Agreed. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel right or make sense. And just, like, I, I read that this director never wanted Reynolds for the role. He wanted Bradley Cooper, but the fucking studio wanted Reynolds. And then just the entire time they made the movie... Uh, Campbell and Reynolds just fucking butted heads, and we all know that Ryan Reynolds since then has just said he hated doing this movie, and the only thing that came out of it was that he met his wife. I was gonna say, is he married to Blake Lively at this point? No, this is where he met her, so I guess that's his only win and, and a paycheck. Yeah, and the the funny thing, real quick, um, the producers of this movie, or the writers of this movie, Mark Guggenheim and um, Greg Berlanti, would then go on to essentially oversee and parent the entirety of the CWDC shows. Yep. So they eventually got to go... Like, 
repent for this kind of fuck up. But I think a lot of studio interference is what has been happening in this movie. I f- you know what? I, I, that's what I'm thinking. It smells like studio interference. Because I remember when this movie first got announced, Jeff Johns was on board, and I was like, fuck yeah. He's like the Kevin Feige of fucking DC. Yeah. How could it be bad? Well, WV was like, watch. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You like this property? Watch me fuck it in the face. Yeah. We're gonna need a guy who builds roller coasters to oversee a comic book company. And WB still doing that with Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you wanted Ash? Oh, you wanted Joker? Ah, here's Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody needs to smack that motherfucker in the face. Poor Ed Boone's gotta come out on this shit and be like, it's not our fault. We're sorry. Michigan J. Frog's fucking got him tied up. He's like, he's like, yeah. We're gonna put fucking Terminator in there. <laughs> Sorry, that's the only thing I can pull from besides you know Mickey Mouse and Disney, Michigan J Frog and the WWB. So, um, but to back up on that point about the roller coaster guy, um, I think one of the most recent CEOs of Warner Brothers and one of the people who's partially to blame for all the fucking shit that happened with the DCEU was uh, I forget his name, but he what was he? He was an, an amusement park owner, Kevin Sujara, Sujahara, and he ran. Uh, Six Flags. Great Adventure? Uh, yeah, I think so. He was responsible for the integration with the, all the Six Flags parks. He's part of why there's rides with bugs on him. And- How do you get these jobs? How do people who don't know what the fuck they're doing... I don't know. ...and what the fuck they're... What, what, what the fucking job is about, understand the material they're going into or how shit works, and they're just like, yep, here you go, here's a fucking job. Like, whoever... God, that makes me so aggravated. With anything, whether it be, um, you know... The head of some company or or the or, or director or or whatever. Like, why the fuck would you hire the guy who doesn't know what the fuck the medium is? It happens all the time. And like the the behind the scenes stuff that happened with Justice League would make you cry. It's really upsetting, but we won't go into that here now. So Hal's an adult, and the first thing we see is he's just waking up on top of a girl, and he's like, "I'm late for flying stuff." Uh, there's water on the tap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the water's in the tap. Bye. Stuck an egg in your mouth and chew. I'm slapping my fucking knees because it's just so goddamn funny. I, I just feel sorry for that Australian extra who was in that seat who had to, who uh, got paid to just sit there and lay down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The blanket in her chest. Here, come in for like 20 minutes. We'll just we'll, <laughs> we'll film your face twice. Look upset. We're not going to show you in the rest of the movie because Hal doesn't. It, Hal's trying to fuck the other one. Bye. Um, but he's late for something. They're doing a, a, a test. Of these fucking, like, super intelligent, uh, unmanned, uh, aircraft for the, for the... Sabres. Sabres for, for the, for the army. And what they're basically doing is putting it up, putting them up against their best pilot, which just happens to be Hal Jordan. And Carol Ferris. I guess his midichlorian count is through the fucking roof, because <laughs> he's up there fucking doing all kinds of flippy-doos and shit, and he ends up, like, uh, outrunning this thing and, like, shooting it down and all this shit. And then, this is the most forced fucking story beat I've seen in a long time. Like, the only way to stop these saber things is for him to, like, go to a certain altitude where they short out or whatever. And in doing so, like, so does his plane, or so does his jet. So then, they short out and fall, he falls with them, and then shoots them on the way down, but then, like, doesn't regain control of his 
jet because he's thinking about his dad dying? Yep. And then we get a flashback of the entire scene we just saw four minutes ago. If you watch the extended cut. (laughs) It's like House of the Dead with the Sharagon. The fucking Naruto episode. What are we we doing? I just, uh, I don't know. And it goes on for like an absurd amount of time. It's not just like a quick thing and then like he snaps out of it or whatever. Um, He just keeps falling. And they're like, Taika Waititi's like, oh, hi, Taika, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, hey, what's up? <laughs> As Tom, the engineer. Oh, you know, pretty fucking good. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Hell, you want to fly your plane a little more carefully? Pretty good, I'm in this movie now. You see Taika taking notes on what's going on? He's just, <laughs> hmm, don't do this, uh, do this. Um, yeah, just getting ready. He looks over and Kevin Foggy's also taking notes. He's like, what? I'm, I'm not here. He has a fake mustache on and everything. <laughs> He's like, yeah, man, pull your eject, pull your eject thing. Get out of the plane. And he's like, I don't want to. I'm thinking about my dad. Thinking about how my dad blew up. And I'm thinking I'm going to blow up. Thinking about my Uncle Sam down in Kuwait. (laughs) (laughs) All all the while, Ryan also taking notes. Hmm. Don't do this again. Don't do that again. (laughs) Yes. Be a producer on the movie. He want me to wear what? The scene in Deadpool where he goes back in time and shoots him while he's reading the Green Lantern script is is so much more funnier now that I've actually seen this film, because I've never seen this before, by the way. Yeah, I, I just love that Deadpool altogether, both movies have been so cathartic for this guy, because it's just, it's it's done so much good for him. All at the expense of my favorite superheroes movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's crying in a corner, and, and uh, Ryan Reynolds is making a paycheck for both of those films. Dude, he's in a fucking bathtub full of money. He's like Scrooge McDuck in this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Green Lantern was sacrificed on the on the throne of Marvel. Fuck him. So he eventually uh, he eventually ejects, um, and then uh, I think we cut to the interior of Ferris Air, and he's getting chewed out by a bunch of people, and everyone's just really mean to him. Well, this guy's losing his job. Yeah, he sure does. Him and like some other people, because but that part didn't make any sense because they get the account. So so Blake Lively's all pissed off because she's like, "Oh, you fucked up. You 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 know you you blew up an F fifteen or or whatever." And and, and, and uh, turns out, uh, you know, we lost the account because you're a jerk off or whatever, because you're because you're fucking show off, right? But then the point he makes, which is I thought the purpose of his exercise was like, you, you we wanted to see what humans could do against these things, and I showed you that they cannot go past a certain altitude or they will drop like flies, which is precisely what happens, and the data that they want because fucking three scenes later they're like, oh yeah, we got the we got the account back. Yeah, you want to know what's the pisser? They do the same thing in the comic, but it's better. (laughs) Sensing a theme here. They don't have this bullshit with AI fucking planes. It's just, hey, can you take this F-35 in the sky and see how if you can get it to Mach 1? He goes, okay. He takes it to Mach 3 and the fucking plane starts falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) I would have liked that better. That sounds so much better. And then he's like basically like whatever about like getting footed the bill to the fucking military. He's like, eh, it worked. I thought these were going to play like an integral part of the story. Like, (laughs) nope. You know what I mean? And we we just, they just fuck right off. He blows them up and it's just like, yep, whatever. See ya. Well, there's a lot of stuff like that that just doesn't play anything. Like, I assume the jacket would come back. No. Oh my god, I, that just dawned on me too. Where's he wears it all the time in the comics. I mean, he is wearing it, isn't he? No! It's hanging in his closet. Um, after he gets his ass chewed out uh, by uh, a bunch of superiors and Blake Lively, uh, he goes to... <laughs> to see his family? Yeah. Question mark, dude. He goes to see, uh, uh, uh... Jim uh, and Jack, man. 
pulled right out of Secret Origin. <laughs> well, in this movie, there's just it's brother guy, other brother guy, mom question mark, and nephew. Who could give a shit? Well, that's that's what I'm saying, man. Like you're taking shit from the comics, but you're just cherry picking. Like, okay, in the comic, the mom's upset that he's a pilot. In the comic, his older brother Jack's pissed that he's a pilot like the dad, and he's tearing the family apart. And the younger brother, Jim, he, like, looks up to him, but he's just kind of a wimp, and he can't, like, you know, just cheer him on. It's kind of here, but it's glossed over immensely. It is abridged and compressed to the point where these people show up and then walk away, and you never see them again. No. My favorite shot of this whole thing, though, my favorite shot is, like, I guess it's his mom or someone, walks in, looks at him, gets sad, walks away, and is never spoken of or seen again. Oh, it's his mom, and I had to be like, is that his mom? Just no context whatsoever, just... I think it's his mom. We're just left to assume. Listen, you don't gotta pay her if she doesn't talk, so... a glorified extra yeah (laughs) martin campbell's mother he just told her to come in for a fucking day (laughs) just look at ryan reynolds get upset and then walk out it's really easy you get uh, you get free catering mom i don't know yeah well it looks like somebody took her fucking sandwich away that's why she's upset that's exactly what happened he's got it's b-roll footage so hal makes his way upstairs to his nephew's room and by the way everybody's pissed off because they're like we saw what you did on the news and I'm like, okay, they wouldn't let that out on the fucking news. It's a fucking, it's a test for a top secret fucking government uh, plane. Because yeah, like in the background on the news, there's a fucking reporter like, I'm here at Ferris Air and pilot Hal Jordan just messed up a big test flight. I'm like, that's not news material. You wouldn't have people there. Right. A- again, they're doing this test flight and it's in the middle of the desert. There's nobody around. Why is it on the fucking news? Because exposition. Because stupid. I don't need these fucking characters. When Willem Dafoe killed all those fucking guys in Spider-Man, <laughs> they didn't have in the news, Green Goblin murders generals. <laughs> Green, Go- Green Goblin slaughters scientists. Norman Osborn goes nutsoid. It's like a reporter in the room while it's happening while he's like, back to formula. And she's like, those were the words he said before he killed his lab assistant. <laughs> Pumpkin bomb. Here's a sketch of his face as he was transforming. <laughs> It's like a gift. <laughs> it's almost like you were there. Um, so he goes and talks to his nephew, and like his nephew's like, I'm glad you're safe. And Brian fucking Hal Jordan's like, I got you a toy plane. Let me take down this other toy plane that looks kind of the same and hang up this other one. Yeah. Here, here's Wonder Woman's fucking jet. He's like, this was my dad's. And I'm going to give it to you, my shitty little nephew I don't give a damn about. And he tells some horrible, boring story where he's like, yeah. I saw some little bastard throw a perfect game once. A baseball. And his nephew's like, that, that, I think that was me. He's like, yeah, oh, that was you. And then fucking Flubber flies through the fucking window and into his chest. Oh, that's right, because we, uh, Abensor is crash landed on Earth at this point. Right. For 12 hours, he's been crash landed. <laughs> yeah, well, he's attacked by Parallax. Yeah, he's slowly bleeding out in a bay somewhere. Um, he crashed into fucking Innsmouth. <laughs> <laughs> the people there just take him inside. Yeah, which fortunately for him works out because he kind of looks like a fish man. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're one of us. We'll leave you alone. He's like, I'm dying. They're like, no, you're fine. Hey, come here, mate with one of my daughters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he leaves the fucking party because it's for this kid's birthday. And like like you guys are saying, he gets picked up by this fucking green orb of energy, and he gets essentially flown to Abin Sur, who's dying from a wound he received from Parallax uh, in space. Question. Mm-hmm. Green Lantern. Uh, so I'd assume he's like a fucking Super Sentai, where, he can, where his costume does come from his ring. Yes. Okay. 
Is it some type of armor? Can be. Okay. Because something I noticed in this film is that, like, these dudes get fucked up and, like, they make such a to-do about, like, getting, um, you know, this this special armor that's so fucking skin tight that it has to be CG. <laughs> And no, it doesn't need to be. It, 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 it fucking that's. It's kind of like your, it's like your spirit armor, or like you know your Nen armor from like Hunter Hunter or some shit. You know, it's sure. it's supposed to be this energy shield that's surrounding your body that you can then, you know, based on your willpower, create structures out of or constructs. But these guys are like getting fucked up. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Arvin sort of like gets like a fucking chunk taken out of his goddamn chest, and I'm like, what the fuck? Are you are you asking if the suit has any kind of practical defensive qualities to it yeah i don't think so well if his stupid fuck if his stupid fucking face mask automatically activates well i think the idea is that like i said like with the aura shield let's call it you know it's it's almost like they have like an inch of hard plastic around their body you know it's not a lot of armor but it's like a last defense if they actually someone gets a punching on them sure the way yeah the way i'm used to seeing it depicted is like there's a little bit of energy surrounding them uh kind of like a little mini force field that's just always there, especially when they're in space. Okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's the whole thing with Abin Sir, which they don't ever fucking really explain in this film. He's flying a spaceship because he's lost trust in his power ring. Oh. And they don't ever really go into that, or it might be like a throwaway line from Sinestro. Oh, well, that makes sense now. Like, I, I you know, it just dawned on me, too. Like, why is this motherfucker in a spaceship? Right, and that's the whole thing. That's why the Guardians say he gave into fear, and that's why he's doing that. Because oh. he's afraid. In, in the comics, I don't remember in the original if it was the same thing, but in the retconned one from Jeff John's run, it was that... um. He he was big into prophecies, and he he found out about the Black Knight prophecy, and, and he found out how like he was gonna die, or basically that his power ring was gonna be the cause of his death. So he was like not using it for a long time. Gotcha. And then eventually he uses it to defend himself, and his plane fucking crashes on Earth. Well. It's fucking stupid um, in this because he's supposed to be like the fucking strongest, craziest lantern like ever. And he just gets fucking fridged by fucking uh, parallax in like two seconds for apparently no reason. I just love when Hal shows up and he's like, oh, take the ring, say the words. Oh, and just- he fucking he just fucking goes right to sleep, doesn't he? Fear disease. Here's the ring. Say the oath. See that fucking lantern. Put it in there. Good night. And then that's it. He just dies. Like. <laughs> Just real quick. Also, the comics introduced this fucking idea that the ring can talk to you. Why was that out in the movie? I thought that, I, I mean, I was waiting for that because he doesn't tell him the oath and I'm like, how the fuck is he going to learn the oath? You could have conveyed so much fucking narrative in such a short period of time if this ring was just like the fucking monitor in Halo and it's just like reading off information to you just like it does in the comic. I mean, if, if the ring could talk, you wouldn't need the core at all to show up in this movie. Well, yeah, okay, that's that's fair. I'll give you that, Arlen. That's totally true. But like when he's when he has the ring, there's situations where he's talking to the core where the ring is giving him the ability to know shit and like right. beam shit into it you know what i mean so i guess that's kind of there but you just you just can't hear it you know what i'm saying right it's it's, it's a basically like a babble fish but it's right coming out of the ring and you know what honestly like he should have put the fucking ring on and been teleported to oa Instead of having another 20 fucking minutes of bullshit. You're fucking completely correct. Because what what are we fucking doing? Oh, I guess because he didn't make the fucking oath yet. But does that matter? No, because in the book, he's just like, 
hey, you want to be a Green Lantern and protect the fucking world? And Hal Jordan's like, are you serious? Yeah, if you are, I'll do it. And then that's it. Done. He's not scared. He's not freaking out. He's not, like, pissing his britches. He's all about it. I also thought that, like, once a ring chooses you, it's not like he has to give you some kind of entry quiz or something like that. Right. It's just, like, you have been selected. Like, it's not like you have to go pass an extra set of qualifiers. Which she does. Well, because it's almost like Shazam, you know, to a point. Because it's kind of, like, yeah. seeks out the person with without any fear on the planet. or And I think the most willpower. And all you have to do is call out Shazam's name, for Christ's sake. This is, like, a whole fucking diatribe. Well, that's more to, like, I guess to activate it. This is like the activation code when you're downloading a new program. Yeah, <laughs> your new debit card. Exactly. It's like trying to remember your fucking license plate number. Well, then instead of just like getting the fuck out of Dodge, he calls Tom. He's like, yeah, uh, meet me at a fucking random beach. Yep. Yeah, meet me at this nondescript location with craggy rocks and shallow water in an empty warehouse. Uh, got it. <laughs> Even though this fucking alien has been here for like a day and a night and the government hasn't come. Yeah, that's how you know it's a middle of nowhere. And then, like, they're, like, sitting there, and he's like, Come, oh, look at this, there's an alien. He's like, you buried an alien? He's like, yup. He's like, he gave me this ring in this land, and okay, let's go, because the government's coming. The government's finally coming after a day and a half of this guy sitting on the beach. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. At the moment they're they're both together, Argus shows up, and they're like, we're gonna take the alien. Was that Argus formally, or were we just kind of insinuating that? I mean, we can assume, since, since she's supposed to be Amanda Waller, that that's Argus? Probably Argus. Also, Amanda Waller. <laughs> Angela Bassett in this movie. What the fuck is yeah. she what the fuck is she doing? Thank Christ she's in Black Panther. But PS, why I mean I mean is this the same Amanda Waller, like Suicide Squad Amanda Waller? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it makes no sense that she would be Amanda Waller. Yeah, I don't know why she's there. Why? So they're they're doing the whole catch up with the MCU. That was I think that was the idea. But you're putting a character there who shouldn't be there. She should be a person that's like up in an office, like maybe observing from far away. But she was never really like a big Green Lantern character. I feel like that was just shoehorning her in for future movies that never happened. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but as part of what? Area 51? What the fuck is this place? This, I think, is Star Labs, maybe? I think they say it's Star Labs. But yeah, if we're to assume that Argus is sort of shield like in this version version of this dc universe her being aware of this would make sense again her being there and being part of like laboratory experiments makes no sense for this character whatsoever but she also kind of works for tim robbins fucking senator tim robbins right oh i forgot yeah tim robbins is in this he's looking for a duck or something he keeps saying he has a history with ducks as we know well that's how he became head of ferris uh aircraft man he flew with a fucking duck through a goddamn train. He does. <laughs> he does. So yeah, he just fucking he just fucks off back to his apartment. Um, and then are we introduced to Hector at this point? Hector Hammond, interesting villain, poorly executed in this film, but uh, I generally like the concept behind this bad guy. I like his performance. It's very um. It's very subdued. No, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, and he comes off as very insecure and weak, and then once the shit starts hitting the fan, like, his performance become becomes something that you look at and you go, he's just constantly in pain and uncomfortable and going through a lot of bullshit, and it's very, it's 
very well conveyed in his body language and his voice and all kinds of stuff like that. He's a miserable fucking character through this whole movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's just sad. And he's always been a shitheel kind of character in the comics. Like, I think his original origin, you know, like Arlen was saying earlier, you know, he originally got his powers from the meteorite that gave Gorilla Grodd his powers. Oh, could have dealt with some Gorilla Grodd in this instead. I, yep, yeah, I know. That would have been cool. Maybe we'll get him in the Flash movie. Maybe we'll get him in the Flash movie. Ooh. But in, in the, the iteration of this film, is closer to the the run that Johns was doing at the time where there it also involves a meteorite but the meteorite powers Abinser's ship uh in the case of this film the thing that gives him his powers is actually part of parallax that is inside Abinser, and I'm still not sure how that fucking works uh, but that's how it happens yeah what like what is it like hey you got a little parallax on you like yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got some sh- you got some shit in your face there. Got a little bit of the yellow uh, power hanging out in that hole. Yeah, was it mustard in there? What's this? You catch up, motherfucker. Uh, but yeah, someone just walks in. They're like, "Hey, you want a cub an alien?" He's like, "Do I?" <laughs> like, yeah, there's this weird thing where he's like, because as a kid in the beginning, he's like, "Do you know aliens exist?" I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm gonna grow up to be really smart and then get to dissect an alien because I'm the most qualified person that should be doing this. Again, I'm gonna reference the comic again, but. Hector Hammond knows Carol, like, when she's an adult. And, like, he just dislikes Hal Jordan because he's, like, makes him look bad when he first starts getting his powers. At least in the more more recent run. Again, I'm sure he was just some fucking random mook in the original, like, 60s version. But, like, I don't know why you need this additional layer of they were also friends as kids and, like, implying that he's, like, I'm jealous of Hal Jordan because Carol likes him and not me. Yeah, this is a long-time incel storyline. King of the fucking incels. (laughs) Even though Hal's, like, trying to, like, stand up for you and stuff. Does this happen first or does the training sequence happen first? I'm not sure. Uh, No, he, well, actually what happens first is we're introduced to Sinestro and he's, like, oh, the fuck, Parallax has been released and we're, I'm going to gather up my the best uh green lantern god and we're gonna go fuck him up oh uh, why is this fucking place so dark did did the effects just look so bad that they had to throw a bunch of shaders over everything to cover it up yeah maybe i was gonna say um when here's the thing when aquaman was coming out uh one of our fandoms and guys lou was concerned that it would be too green lantern-y with all the cgi environments but then when you watch aquaman you're like this is a vivid detailed like beautiful landscape to look at and then in this you're like it's craggy bullshit and a few buildings and you can't see any of it yep why couldn't we get that like always a fucking pretty beautiful place in every comic book i've ever read that it's involved in yeah it does kind of looks like a shithole in this it's also an alien planet like do something creative be imaginative like don't just fucking phone it in that's been there for centuries it's supposed to be like this a millennia yeah or yeah right exactly and it's supposed to be like this this um i wouldn't say oasis but uh, a beautiful uh palace type i i just don't know how you look at the comic books at the source material that you're getting from fucking dc where there's like these futuristic fucking cities with like you know shit all over the place and people flying around non-stop and it's all bright colors and you get this like fucking shadow fucking fell type area where everything's in shadow everything's dark but hey the the heroes of the galaxy live here right and they're all in the same place at the same time and every <laughs> it's almost like the place doesn't have a fucking atmosphere either right yeah it's weird when i when i miss Zack snyder's uh design abilities and his design capabilities that's a that's a bad day 
<laughs> I was going to say the opening of Man of Steel is a very fun action sequence. Also, you look at it and go, wow, that is a fully realized Krypton. Um, just And you only get a, a small chunk of it. But, like, there's so much going on from the design perspective of the first, like, 10, 15 minutes. Um, super busy and it's really pretty. Um, and I like the way everyone's dressed, like the way the buildings look. And then you get here and it's like we're in robes, CGI suits, and there's nothing around us but rocks. Right. And Mark Strong, again, I, I can't say it enough, but like he just kills it as Sinestro. My God, he is amazing. He looks like the character. He's fucking playing him perfectly. The makeup is awesome. I really hope it's practical. I think it is. I'm sure to a point it was. I think there's a little bit of work in his head because like yeah. Sinestro's head has always been very light bulby to me where mm-hmm. he has a very slender chin and a kind of a bigger head and they kind of achieved that i guess it's like a little bit of stuff on top but other than that it's like oh yeah mark strong just happens to also just fit into the role of sinestro like a fucking glove right like physically verbally everything i'm like wow you are it he looks great and it's a shame because it's wasted you know oh yeah in this yeah and you get like you get a very very vivid idea of how he could become a bad guy because you see him right away you're like oh you're aggressive and like you're willing to sacrifice a planet you know in order to protect this one like i don't know if you're really cut out for this anymore yeah well that's kind of like his defining character trait in the comics is that he was like his whole thing was like oh i have the safest place because he rolls it with a fucking iron fist yeah that kind of comes across with the way that mark plays this character and you know just to get back to the film in hand he's 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 going to the guardians basically asking for something to beat parallax because the last thing he heard from abin sir uh because they had made contact earlier in the film right before Abin Sur gets attacked by Parallax, was that uh, it's Parallax. And, you know, you see the look on the Guardian's face, and they're all like, yeah, fuck, we know what that is. And I I forget how it comes up, but the yellow fucking fear energy gets brought up, and Sinestro essentially is like, long story short, we need to use that to beat Parallax. Yeah, so we'll let's construct a yellow power ring. Yeah. He's like fucking Baromir. He's like, well, we're going to use the Ring of Power and we're going to destroy Sauron. <laughs> no, you're fucking not, dude. Except everyone shakes their head yes. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the one Ringoli. <laughs> <laughs> give me the yellow Ringoli. I love how the Guardian's like, okay, whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Yeah, like, they... They just sit on these fucking stupid chairs and they just make bad, they just let people make bad decisions. And he consults them like they fucking matter, you know? Because they're just like, eh, I guess. Well, and that's the thing, man. Like, to these people, like, they created the galaxy for lack of a better term. And they, you know, they made the Green Lanterns. And, you know, again, the comics expand on this. You know, granted, you know, we're talking about a, you know, a two-hour film compared to something that's, you know, an ongoing series, which, again, maybe not a totally fair comparison, but when you shit the bed this badly, sure, it's hard not to point fingers. But it's like they shot their load, like the Guardians shot their load making the universe in the Green Lantern Court, and they're now they're just, like, sitting on chairs like, oh. They're just like, all right, we're done for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're tired. We're going to sit here for a billion years. We'll be tired for the next six centuries, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it should be more of a point of contention, but it kind of, like, only is right towards the end, and it's, like, so short-lived that it doesn't even really matter. Reminds me of the Elder Gods of Mortal Kombat Annihilation who do not a fucking thing for the entire film and then suddenly get involved. <laughs> like, Yeah. Fuck, I'd rather be watching that. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I guess you... No, no. So, uh, yeah, uh, Sinestro is like, let's go fight Parallax, yay! Yeah, and then we cut back to fucking Hal, and he's trying to activate his uh, lantern. Oh, that's right, and this is overlaid with uh, shots of Hector in Star Labs performing the uh, autopsy on Abinsar. Yeah, fingering Abinsar's fucking chest. 
He's digging in real deep in there. He is. This movie has a habit of every time some kind of transformation is happening to either Hector Hammond or Hal Jordan, they feel the need to like intercut between the two of them at the same time. Like they're experiencing this like Right. Like they're parallel characters. Like you have your good and bad sides of the coin being influenced by alien races. But he's like Hector Hammond is the fucking secondary antagonist. Like why is he such a focus? I think he was initially the first antagonist. I think so too. And like they blow parallax out into a bigger thing. Yeah, if you watch this like Hal and Hector have no real conflict or any kind of solid interaction that matters up until, like, uh, Hector becomes, like, a mutant. Yeah, but I also think that's, like, my big problem with this is because neither of the villains are fully realized and they're just kind of there. And they're just like, I'm a bad guy. And then all this other shit happens and then they just, they literally show up at the end for a fucking 10-minute fight and then it's over or you know you do the incredible hulk angle where you have you have parallax be that main villain and then you have hector hammond in the place of leader in this case uh you know transforms towards the end and you just tease it in a post credit scene or some bullshit or you know right before credits it's funny because both movies have in common is that they never got a follow-up so you don't know what happened right oh yeah at least in the hulk the fucking that like went off like it was just like oh here's a little fucking breadcrumb for you and then abomination was the bad guy you know what i mean yeah we go to this scene essentially after this is all going on to how like Joe was saying, trying to activate the fucking ring, and he and he can't get it going. He's got the fucking ring in the lantern. By the power of Grey Skull. It is one bad joke after another. He's just saying like famous catchphrases as if he expected any of them to work. Yeah, they're not even solid jokes. Go go gadget ring. That might have worked. Yeah, a rational person would like attempt any of these. When your powers combine, I am Green Lantern. People of Earth. Help me gather your energy. He holds his arms up and just tries a spirit bomb real quick. I mean, let's be real. It's kind of like a one-to-one fucking comparison with willpower and ginky fucking power, but let's leave that for another day. Yeah. Do you have to punch a lantern to activate it? Do you have to punch it? No. How does this... Because <laughs> he has to fucking punch this thing and be like, oh, and then and then it like tells him what the oath is and he just says it like a robot. I, I mean, I've never seen it that way. I've seen... The way I've always seen it is you recite and then you get the power. You summon the lantern when you're low on XP or not XP, power. You need more, you need more green stuff to help you out, basically. You got to guess up the ring. Like you got to touch it to the lantern like he does in the film, but it's, you know, it's not some elaborate fucking thing like they're trying to make it out to be. He's always punching it. Yeah. He does it on accident this time, but then the second time he's like, oh, wait, I got to juice up. So, yeah, he, he finally gets it to activate after he punches it. But then Carol knocks on his fucking door. And, uh, you know, 45 minutes into the film, and this motherfucking guy's still not Green Lantern. Yeah, it's like other stupid shit keeps getting in the way of the movie advancing the plot. I, we have fucking 10 minutes at a bar I don't need. I, there's so much needless, just, like, tensionless... Remember that time we fucked but didn't really fuck, but we flew together? Yeah. And then you want to dance, and then who could give a shit? Go away. You know... It's a shame because you guys said that she plays a big part. She's Sapphire um, Lantern or whatever in the comics. And, like, she's just so, like, she's such a nothing. Yeah, underused. In this film, yeah. She is a romantic interest whose job is to be put in peril at various points in this film. Yeah. So then Hal can pick her up and fly her away. Yep. And, like... Maybe that's what she was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> but, like, the stuff with John's wrote, which is 
presumably what caused this film to get made in the first place. She she's like a badass. She's like a fighter pli- pilot. She becomes the fucking star sapphire. She's intelligent. She makes her own decisions. She doesn't just do shit because it'll help Hal. She's not some, like, throwaway character. That's how the way, exactly the way they treat her. And she's flying a fucking jet in the beginning, and then he's like, okay, you sit here and look pretty. And then from that point on, that's all she does for the rest of the movie. Yep. Um, so they have a, a drawn-out, sappy kind of, like, let's build this love interest that no one's really going to care about. Um, and then Hal goes to leave this bar, and then he's just suddenly fucking beaten up. Right. He gets his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah, we get a scene out of the Giver. <laughs> <laughs> just straight out of it, but not as well done at all. He fucking falls into the ring, and it, like, sucks into his head. Hal Jordan just sprays with his fucking Green Lantern uh, ring, fucking writes Hal Jordan on the fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> Hal was here. The Green Lantern Jordan, like, on the wall. I thought these guys were trying to steal his car. Yeah, and they're like, hey, you son of a bitch, remember at the beginning of the movie? You got us fired. Right. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy who looks like Dave Batista." I don't remember him threatening <laughs> Hal, by the way, ever. I don't remember that ever happening. He was, like, in a military outfit originally. He says he says it in passing, like, you fucked it up, man. You, you caused us our jobs, man. And then the... Uh, Blake Lively's like, shut up, and pushes him out of frame, and then this is the next time we see him. And then Hal Jordan kind of fights back for a minute, and then they start beating the shit out of him. They beat the... Like, this is almost attempted murder, but then it becomes actual murder, because here's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) So these guys are beating Hal Jordan's ass, and then so he turns around to finally, after getting like a a three-on-one throttling, turns around and throws like just a reactionary punch... But the ring activates and forms a giant fist, which hits these guys. They all fly in three different directions, and I am positive that one of them is 1,000% dead. They're all mush, right? I think they're all pretty much dead. Because yeah, this, yeah, this one dude hits a brick wall and goes through it. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Highlighted of the film, honestly. No, some of them are oatmeal. They're just meat on the ground. Just... <laughs> By the way, when he go- when his ring activates and he does this fucking super punch, he before he he does this and realizes he has this power, he grabs a handful of nails out of the back of a fucking um work truck and he's going to throw that at them and ends up and the and, you know the big fist comes out of the ring by accident. Oh, I missed the part where he grabbed the nails. Yeah, he's going to throw nails at these people in the face. I wonder what that would have did. I mean, he's got that Air Force training, man. CQC. Anyway, they're all fucking dead. Yeah, he sucker punches these three guys and they go to their graves. Uh, but then he gets uh, fucking finally transported to Oa, which should have happened 15 minutes ago. And then an APB is put out for him because they're found right next to his fucking car in a back alley, dead. I was just <laughs> going to say that. His fucking car is impounded and they're like, uh, we're looking for Hal Jordan. He beat the shit out of these guys, killed them. Mark Hamill shows up. He's just uh, investigating. He's just trying to figure out what's going on. Oh my god. But then he gets distracted by this guy down by a fucking canal. Columbo, get on it. That's how we connect Green Lantern to fucking Guyver. I think you just figured it out, Arlen. There's fishmen in both movies, too. There are fishmen in both movies, but there's no human cockroach. There might be. I, I, You know, like I said, I got the stack of books in the other room now. I got it out of the crawl space. I can go flip through them and let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is some kind of cockroach person in that fucking, uh, in, on the core planet, on, oh, what is it, Ora? Oa. Oa. We're being, uh, flown there at a rapid speed 
Uh, to the point where Hal Jordan is in space and goes through a fucking wormhole and passes John Crichton on the way through. Oh, wow. <laughs> and John Hurt's like, hey, what are you doing up there? Yeah, John Hurt's standing there. He's got the fucking Buchanan ready to go. And he's like, oh, you don't want my help? Okay. He's like, oh, no, Hal. Bye, Hal. He didn't see him, but he was off screen. He fucking shot it right there. And he's like, oh, there you go. See you later, Mr. Lantern. I'll be back. Sends him back to 1993. Right on time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make you watch your dad blow up again. You're going to see me later. I'm going to be inside one of your friends. John Merrick, bye. <laughs> and uh, this is where all the Green Lantern people live. And from space, this place looks a lot brighter and happier. He, um... Wakes up in some room where he's being struck by lightning or something? He's stripped down to his skivvies. What the fuck is with this? Are, is this is this them giving... I thought this was them, like, giving him the suit. Oh, this is like some biop scan or some bullshit. Yeah, I thought, they, I thought they were, like, just, like, disinfecting him to go onto the planet or some shit. This was Martin Campbell saying, Hey, who likes to see uh, Ryan Reynolds basically naked? Okay, we're gonna throw this in here. <laughs> look. Oh yeah. You can see his fucking bump in the front there if you look. Pause it. You can see his his weird his weird dick path, whatever the fuck those things are called. So yeah, then he gets up and like he s- somehow inadvertently activates like his ring suit and gets the mask on. Um, and it's the infamous CGI suit. I want to just make a point before we go on to the next scene that at about the fifty minute mark, we're on Oa. We'll come back to this. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a good thing to point out. Yeah, uh, the CG suit. Um, I don't know why we need it. Right for the entire movie. They hadn't perfected this shit yet. I know. I'm sure it cost a shit ton of money too. And I'm like, and I also I linked the video for it. I think Arlen's suit too. The corridor crew guys covered this and their VFX artists reacting. The thing they pointed out was like it's not lit properly, so it constantly looks like it's just painted on his body. Like it's not really it does map that well or anything like that. And they said the mask looks the worst because it looks like someone slapped him with green paint. Yes, it does. Like, it, they would have been better off just fucking gluing it on like fucking uh, um, Chris O'Donnell. When they announced who was doing the effects for this film back in the day before it came out, like a year or two before it was done, my fucking heart sank. I, I was, like, in my head just so convinced Weta was going to do this film for some reason that just uh, a better film was fucking robbed from me. Either Weta or, like, ILM. Who did the special effects for this? Do we know? I think it was Sony, but I didn't double-check. They're not good at anything. You know, the effects weren't bad up until this point in the film. They were they were okay. And then you see Kilowog, and then I wanted to jump out of my fucking window. <laughs> the thing is, he's, he's instantly dated. Oh, he looks like a fucking walking turd, man. He looks like something from 2005. Oh, he, he's instantly dated, and the, design, the redesign is terrible. He looks like a testicle with a face. He looks like a piece of fucking raw meat just thrown against a screen. Yeah. It's fucking Michael Clark Duncan. Who is, like, coming at him... He has, he's coming at him like a, like, like an earth-based streetwise tough guy, and at some point says, gravity is a bitch. Yeah, gravity's a bitch. Kilowog is one of my favorite fucking characters in Green Lantern, and he is like this badass fucking, like, uh, drill sergeant-like character, and he's always calling people poozers. <laughs> Poozer. And you get introduced to him and the other major Green Lantern character from the comics, uh, Tomar Ray, voiced by Jeffrey Rush. Oh, there he is. Yep. And, you know, the rest, you know, I can't remember because, like I said, it's been years. But there's a slew of other characters that make cameos in a few minutes. But uh, they're, they're kind of your main two besides Sinestro and Hal Jordan. And uh, Kilowog kind of whips Hal Jordan's ass for, like, two or three minutes. He, he whips his ass for the majority of the time that we're on Oa. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so Kilowog, you know, beats the shit out of him, talking about how, oh, yeah, your willpower sucks. He's dropping fucking boulders on him. You know, 
energy boulders, let's be clear. Yeah. Yeah. Constructs. Um, but yeah, he just fucking bullies around uh, Hal for a minute, and then Sinestro kind of finally shows up, and he's like, yeah, humans are pretty terrible at this, so I'm not sure why they chose you, but let me mess with you for a little while. Yeah, he kicks Kilowog in the fucking dick, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he fights Sinestro. But here's the thing with this, alright, I have a big issue with the constructs that Hal Jordan used in this movie, yes. because like, I don't know what's going through his head half the time, but Sinestro's like, let's fight. So Hal forms a fucking pirate cutlass, like what the fuck? <laughs> swords how human but i love how sinestro calls his ass out too yeah he's like oh swords okay we're doing this fine whatever but he he like conjures things up like he's like an 18 year old like kid or like a 15 year old kid well if it's not that or a sword it's it looks like he fell asleep watching like an 18 hour documentary in the weapons of world war one or something because when like, <laughs> everything else is like or predator here's an aa gun here's a fucking and i get that it's like the green lantern movie so like you're just gonna take like crazy things this guy can do and just throw them on screen sure like connor's saying it's like just fucking machine guns or or novelty boxing gloves like very, yeah, the choices are very bizarre i'm not sure what i can't remember what he conjures up after the sword but like he just like sinestro has an answer for everything more or less a machine gun like a gatling gun at one point he pulls out yeah he pulls out fucking uh jo- jesse the body ventura's fucking gatling gun the m805 uh automatic rifle with water sealing <laughs> <laughs> the Ch- the Chinese M1 L1 triple pulse assault rifle. I wish he fucking pulled that out. Yeah, followed by the BFG. <laughs> <laughs> but then like Sinestro's like you're f- you're a Freddy cat, and then Hal is like I sure am. Bye. <laughs> Let me tell you about this. I cannot understate how poorly they have portrayed this fucking character in this movie. Like I- I'm sorry, I get you're trying to humanize this guy, and you're trying to tell a story of him overcoming his fear, but like. It's fucking Hal Jordan. Yeah, it's like his journey is interrupted so he can go take a break from the journey and just go do some other stuff. But it's all predicated on him going like, yeah, I suck at this. I don't want this. I quit. But what is he afraid of? Yeah. He's supposed to be afraid of nothing. And that's the whole point that he actually is. I, I know. But like he he has fear because I, I don't like because his dad died. Yeah. Is that why? He's a risk taker that's afraid to take risks. Yeah, because I was going to say he's like completely um, reckless in most of the shit that he does. So how could he be afraid? Uh, For plot purposes? I think it's like a risk taker who's afraid to actually have something happen to him. But then he gets here and like he, like in the beginning of the movie, he does this ridiculous stunt to take out two unmanned planes um, and then here he gets to like a chance to prove his worth and he's like, nah, fuck it. I think he's just freaked out more or less. I mean, he's on a fucking alien planet. Okay. So what I say? 50 minutes in, we're on Oa. <laughs> <laughs> so at an hour in, maybe an hour and a minute, he leaves Oa because he can't fucking be a Green Lantern because he's scared. And he doesn't go back until, like, the last 15 for, like, a scene. Yeah, we are stuck on Earth for a while to watch some really silly shit. Bye, Tomar Ray. Bye, Kilowog. Bye, Salak. Bye, all the other Green Lanterns. We'll never see you again. Maybe at the end if we're lucky. Yeah, except for the last five fucking minutes. Yeah. We'll pepper Sinestro throughout because we had to pay Mark Strong a little more to do the role. <laughs> but that's it. So fucking cut, cut back to Earth and uh, Hammond's like feeling the effects of that uh, of that yellow power that he got in him. 
and it's like taking over it starts taking over his body and he starts getting all fucking wacky and he's teaching a class <laughs> this part got a legitimate laugh out of me yeah and i guess like the power imbued from the fear the yellow power lets you read minds sure because he starts reading people's minds hey joe that's because that's his power in the comics and they couldn't think of a good reason to do it in this movie so parallax oh he does read minds in the comics yeah he's like a telepath okay that's that's why the comparison the leader is like spot on yeah i mean that's fine you could have just fucking gave it to him you know yeah yeah but it just happens suddenly like he's like his eyes all of a sudden start turning yellow and then he hears the thoughts of one of his students um, and starts reacting to them as if they're being spoken audibly. And then, like, fucking force chokes him out of his chair and throws him across the room. Sure does. And then he says, sorry. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> whoops, let me go run a blood test on myself. Yeah. And then um, I think he meets up with Tim Robbins again. His dad, by the way. Yeah, Tim Robbins' dad. Hey, Tim Robbins, to make you look older, we're just going to dye your hair white. How, what do you think? We're going to make your hair stark silver. Uh, Hammond comes in and he's like, hey, hey, dad, what do you you need something and he's like he's like i got have i got a job for you and he's like remember this fucking alien thing that you did he's like how do you how do you know about that and he's like oh shit man i set that up so now you're my fucking you're my go-to alien guy what do you say and he's like uh yes i don't understand this little subplot because it's established that like his dad like has like, no confidence in him to begin with, but also was the one who let him dissect an alien and doesn't like him, but likes him. Does he? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I don't think he does like him, and that's kind of the whole point. It's, it's very confusing. Yeah. It's like he's doing, he's helping him, I guess, out of, like, spite? I don't know. Like, because of the, the family line, I guess? They don't really explain it. I think that's it. Yeah. It's like he's helping out a family member, and beyond that, he's not really thinking much of it. Because, you know, Hector, he hears Tim Robbins in his head talking about how, oh, man, my son's a loser. What a fucking yeah. embarrassment. I just want to know who has these very surface-level thoughts where they just, like, just, I don't know, they're just kind of in the moment thinking very blatantly <laughs> their own intentions. Right. It's very bizarre. Like, I don't have thoughts like that. Like He's like, I want chicken. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> French fries. French fries. <laughs> Doritos. A nap. Can this little shit go away so I can get some food? Yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> can Hector leave so I can crank my fucking hog in my office like I want to? <laughs> get a hint. And so I can ask my secretary to walk in me because I get off on that? Get the oops robot out. I need a... <laughs> I need something to watch. Oops. While Tim Robbins cranks it to the oops robot, um, we cut to space, the, the edge of the Milky Way. And Sinestro leads a fucking army against Parallax. Right into right into fucking oblivion. Who's just hanging out, like, with his tentacles spread out over something. Like, he's just, he's just hanging out in the middle of space. He's just chilling. He looks like, it looks like the universe took a shit, and he's just there. <laughs> and he's like, hey, everybody, come and get me. He looks like, he looks like Squidward sitting in a pile of garbage. Like, this little fucking head just popping out of there. Squidward fucking fused with Pigpen and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Seth, uh, in Seth's fucking teleporter. Uh, so, yeah, Sinestro is like, here comes the fucking Green Lanterns. We're going to kick your... Oh, everyone got killed. And he's like, my strongest warriors and strongest world warriors are dead. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how are none of these lanterns strong enough to fight this thing? Right. Mm -hmm. the, the lanterns look very, very... Weak. Weak when they, they actually get to have to do something and they aren't Hal Jordan. <laughs> but, like, Hal Jordan's... 
arc in this movie is not worthy of him defeating this fucking monster at the end. No! It's just not. Well, no, it's just like he just, because he just decides to not suck anymore, which is not a development. Oh, I guess I'll just concentrate or whatever. I'm good now because the plot dictates it. Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah, Sinestro kind of relays the information, and I guess this is Ganthet fucking relaying, telling him how, oh, well, uh, we created Parallax, whoops, and, uh... Corona, one of our own, fucking, you know, tried to use it and became Squidward, and uh, <laughs> we don't really know what to do. He became Dollar Store Fireworks. <laughs> and Sinestro's just like, oh my god, that's terrible. Oh, you know what? Let's use that yellow power to fight him. What do you say? And then they don't. <laughs> I mean, he is, they're forging it. I, I don't know. How long does it take to forge a ring? I don't know. We should ask Sauron. Yeah. <laughs> One ring to rule them, one ring to lantern, one ring to kill Parallax, or whatever. One ring for Boromir. <laughs> it sure is. Then, then all this is all going on, randomly there's just some fucking party. Yeah, what? I have a question mark next to that. I said, party? Question mark. For Ferris Air? It's a vehicle just to have a action sequence. Uh, yeah. With a fucking giant Hot Wheels car. Oh my god. Which was set up in the kid's bedroom? I guess yeah <laughs> and he just remembered that he's like i was thinking of my nephew here you go at that point though arlen why didn't they have the goddamn jet I mean, that he hung up the toy jet if they're gonna try to make a reference back to that that would almost make sense right that makes sense right eventually hector hammond kind of goes a little off the deep end because at this point the parallax mustard is starting to affect him a little more deeply <laughs> oh yeah it's that spicy brown dude his, his dad like condescends him or something but at some point hector hammond's like Oh, hi, Carol. I cut an alien open the other day. It was really cool. <laughs> and Tim Robbins comes over and he's like, can you shut the fuck up? Yeah. Well, they kind of established, too, that Hector, you know, every scene he's in, he's, like, obsessing over Carol. Yeah. He's just a fucking creep, dude. He's just going full incel. Why won't you like me? Um, but then his dad, like, gets aboard a fucking helicopter to leave, and then Hector... TK blasts a fucking like soda tap. Oh yeah, dude! Into the rear propeller of the helicopter. This is like some Final Destination shit. Um, and then the helicopter careens out of control. There's an awkward cut where it's kind of spinning out of control, and then it cuts to this like big projector screen, and the helicopter just violently crashes through it, even though you didn't really know they were in the same location. <laughs> but then Hal is nearby uh, and decides not to be a fucking complete mope. Uh, puts his fucking power ring on and con constructs wheels around the crashing helicopter and then summons a full-on Hot Wheels racetrack and does a bunch of loop-de-loop stupid-ass shit with this fucking helicopter. But not before this fucking helicopter crashes through a crowd of people for like a solid 20 seconds. Yeah. Yup. He's like, oh, now I should act. <laughs> Question. Was there a Green Lantern Hot Wheels set? Probably. I hope there was so they got their money's worth. <laughs> Because I know they had Green Lantern in the movie toys. This does feel very forced. And it's like, okay, like, what kind of brand integration are you trying to attempt here with this big, stupid action sequence? Hasbro, right? It is so fucking bad that somebody in the movie has to then later on make fun of it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, the movie, like, immediately calls itself in its own stupid shit. Of, of all the fucking things, why is he not using a net? Why is he not, like, trying to pull it and, you know, fly into the air to lift it off the ground? Like... What are we fucking doing? Because it's Ryan Reynolds and not Bradley Cooper. Yeah, so let, let's make him look even more ridiculous with this fucking decision. <laughs> A lot of it feels like overcorrection. It feels like they're trying not to be Superman. They're trying not to have it be that just Hal catches everybody or he just brings them down safely in a very boring way. 
or a very direct way. Like, he has to do something that is visually interesting because he's the green lane lane and he has to be different from other heroes that you've seen. Which is not, should not be your first way of thinking about it going into this. I also feel like the Hot Wheels thing could be left over from when this movie was supposed to be a comedy with Jack Black. What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, yeah. That was an actual thing at some point like they were wb had proposed a comedy green lantern movie featuring jack black as hal jordan that sounds fucking terrible and people got people were fucking furious they backed off like obviously that is what's happening in wb that's what's that's these are ideas that are being tossed around in a serious way okay it should all be shot into the fucking sun i want to take the writers of this movie uh, except for Jeff Johns, I don't know how involved he was, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And I want to take Martin Campbell, and I want to take him out to a fucking street corner, and, and some of these executives from WB, and I'm going to say, line up, bite down, and I'm just going to crush each fucking head Damn. until I got a, a, a bloody-ass fucking walkway of curb-stomped Holy skulls. shit! What, what the fuck are you doing? We're going to line you across this crosswalk so poor people can walk across your carcasses. Oh, man, you do it with a fucking lantern ring, though? A giant boot? <laughs> just one big boot! Yeah. <laughs> That's a really big shoe. Like, how how do you fuck this movie up this bad? Like, who thought this was a good idea? Like, no one was on set saying, hey, uh, Martin, I think the whole Hot Wheels angle might be a bit on the cartoony side. Oh, no, no, no. We got a deal in place. We got to do this. Nah, it's fine. The kids will love it. I'm going to go home and uh, smoke 84 cigars because I'm 112 years old. No, remember in the beginning with his nephew when he touched that thing? He loves Hot Wheels. Here we go. Toys. Toys. So, uh, yeah, he saves Hammond and then uh, I think at some point goes up to see Blake Lively. And this actually got a laugh out of me because it just assassinates the idea that, like, you can put a small thing over your eyes and then no one will recognize you. Because he kind of, like, floats up in full Green Lantern and she's like, Hal? He's like, uh, no. She's like, I've seen you naked. You think covering your cheekbones won't hide who you are? <laughs> That was really good in this in this pile, this ocean of crap. Yeah, yeah. Because when he first goes up to her, I'm like, "How the fuck can't you tell that that's Ryan Reynolds?" Yeah, this is very, very clearly Ryan Reynolds with green paint in his face. Um, and I don't know. They have a fucking conversation moment thing in Majiggy. He also saves her during the chaos, and then just kind of because that's all she does is be put in peril. She, <laughs> she's he saves her, and then he talks to Taika and Titi, and he's like. Isn't the superhero supposed to get the girl? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he flies to her fucking office. And then they have that exchange. I think it's actually after this is when Hector starts to uh, become a little deformed. A little. He looks like Joseph fucking Merrick, dude. He's the elephant fucking man. Oh, my God. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Like, his fucking head becomes all bulbous and gross. Um, That's what I'm saying. John Hurt is inside of this guy. It's like like a tumor is growing out of his head, under his chin, and under his ear. So he's just constantly like, my head's not really fixed the way it should be. (laughs) Yeah, and then, like, uh... He go he goes back to that fucking Area Fifty One place, and he's got telekinesis and shit, and he has he can he can also read minds, and Waller's there, and his dad's there, and they're like, "We're gonna fix you, son," and they just sedate him. Something's wrong with you, and he's like, "I feel great." 
And then they fucking put him to sleep. But then when he wakes up, like, they're about to do something on him. Oh, that's right, because Waller says, like, hey, in the blood that we had from this alien, there was a second organism in there, and we think it's inside of you. Right, and he touches Waller at this point and, like, sees all her memories, and he he, he comments on that. Yes. And, like, her family gets shot? Yes, yeah, he sees a subplot that we're never privy to again. Well, it's pointless, right? I, I think it is in the sense of, like, later on, he touches fucking Hal Jordan, and he's like, oh, now I know you're Hal Jordan. Yeah. So and then, like, there's also this subplot where Hal is thinking about because he, he, the ring picked me and it was a mistake. And he thinks back to fucking Tomar Ray telling him how, like, oh, the ring is never wrong. It always chooses the right person. So he finally, like, I guess grows a fucking pair and he flies over to Area 51 right as, uh, Hammond starts fucking up everybody. Yeah, he fucks him up pretty good, actually. Yeah, because they uh they try to restrain they try to restrain him on this like medical table, uh, and then he just immediately like you know psychically bursts out, um, and he does something that I could not stop laughing at. So he's like kind of throwing people all over the fucking room. He's like doing a, like the Jason fucking pinball thing from Freddy vs. Jason, <laughs> um, and at some point he. Th- throws his dad up into this, like, little office room. First he throws Angela Bassett into the fucking wall. Yeah, and just holds her there. <laughs> and he's fucking beating every... He's beating the shit out of everybody in this fucking room, and he has Tim Robbins, like, uh, you know, chained to the fucking uh, operating table. And then out of nowhere, Hal bursts through the fucking wall. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> I have it written down. I'm like, okay... Bad guy scene and Hal just shows up to fight bad guy? Hal's like, I'm a hero now, because I said I should be. Stephen Baldwin gave him the script. (laughs) There you go. He's outside in fucking Hurt's car. Oh my goodness, Arlen has the answers. This is where I enter. All right, bang. Right after Buchanan shot that fucking wormhole open for him to go through, he called in Baldwin to bring the car around with the script. This script just flies out of the fucking wormhole and just floats down into fucking Ryan Reynolds' hands. John Hurt is inside of Hammond. He's Parallax? That's the whole thing. That's what's inside of his head. Yes. It's a small John Hurt. It's just unsolicited shit. Like, it's an unsolicited scene. It, like, he just yeah. burst through the fucking wall, and I'm like, how did he get here? How did he know he was here? What is happening? Yeah. Well, you know what? He's got to save Amanda Waller when she falls from, like, 20 feet, and he fucking creates a construct of water. Kind of cool. Yeah. Which is, like, the coolest thing he he summons the whole movie. What about some fucking pillows or a mattress? Why water? Yeah, why? why yeah, I'm going to whisk you down this hallway in this fake tidal wave. Well, that's basically what he did, yeah. He's looking for Ghost Shark. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Go- oh, why didn't he summon a shark? Could a Ghost Shark come out of a Green Lantern construct? I. I think it might. A shark bazooka, and he just shoots sharks out of it. So, at some point, he he fucking TK flings Tim Robbins into, like, the same office that Angela Bassett was pressed against the window. Yeah. And then controls these two gigantic flamethrowers that are attached to robot arms. <laughs> Why are they there? I don't know. I don't know. Diseases, maybe? <laughs> you need to burn everything with these two robot-mounted flamethrowers. Oh, my goodness. And torches Tim Robin, and yeah, torches his fucking dad to death, and how Jordan just watches it go down. <laughs> I escaped Shawshank for this. <laughs> yeah. Get busy living or get burned alive by your son. Tell Howard I love him. So Hammond, like, pokes Hal in the head. He's like, are you scared yet? Here's some fear. And then he, like, sees, I think Hal sees his dad, like, his dad, you know, die all over again. And then Hal's like, fuck you. And he, like, touches the ring to um, Hammond's head. And something happens. Yeah. I 
guess he's talking the parallax through Hammond. Yeah, and then fucking Clancy Brown comes out of left field. And he's like, I was there. I saw your dad at Shawshank, motherfucker. McLeod. <laughs> he did my taxes. He's just like, I'm coming to Earth to kill you. And he's like, okay, bye. Yeah. Leave a message. And he fucking hangs up. Yeah, and he's very specific. He's like, once I defeat on our six billion souls, I will have enough to take over everything. Yeah, I'll be able to open up the last part of the crypt in fucking Mortal Kombat 10. Why doesn't he just, like, go to the other side of the planet where Green Lantern isn't and just start devouring people to get those, like, souls he needs? Yeah, well... (laughs) Why does he go where the Green Lantern is? What is he doing? He's just like in space floating around just like, meh. Like, I'm scary, aren't I? And why specifically after Earth? There are planets with like 12 (sighs) billion trillions of people. That he's closer to. Because you know what, Arlen? He knew the Blackest Night prophecy and he decided not to tell anybody about it. That's fair. He also got a script from Stephen Baldwin. (laughs) And you get a script, and you get a script. That scene from Men in Tights, where they all just pull out the script. They go, "This is how Jordan breaks through that wall." Does he? He gets another shot. Yeah, and then so, yeah, Parallax is like, "I'm coming." And then Sinestro's like, "I made a yellow ring," and then we don't see it again. Right, but then Hal teleports back because he's you know he's got to give his two cents to the fucking Guardians. Now he's got the Buchanan set up to let him in and out of this wormhole on a consistent basis. Yeah, yeah, I got a shortcut now. I got it from Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> One <laughs> of the Baldwins. I'm not really sure. I didn't catch his name. WZW. I don't know. Hey, he was a he was a Baldwin. It definitely wasn't Alec. Well, yeah, he wanted to he wanted to be cut from the project. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to have my name on this thing. I don't want to be associated with this ring. I don't want to be the MDU. I'm good. Um, but he goes to the Guardians and he's like, hey, instead of just letting my planet get hosed over by a fucking giant inner you know interstellar monster, why don't you uh, let me fight it? And they're like, all right, cool. Do you? Yeah, whatever. He's like, they're like, you're gonna die, and he's like, well, okay. Bye. The Guardians are basically like, yeah, if the Earth gets destroyed, it's on you. See ya. Which is a very passive thing to do. It's like, you're just going to let him just, like, eat in their planet and just wait till he gets here? It's like, yeah. Okay, well, how many planets could he destroy on the way here? Their whole thing is like, well, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll beat him, maybe you won't. Let's see if he, you know, let's see, he may not even come here. I mean, he, he might just totally go past us. What if he gets full and falls asleep and then we're ready for nothing? It's fine. I'm not getting out of my chair for that shit. We're going to call Bruce Willis and Mia Jolovich and Chris Tucker. <laughs> Oh, and no. uh, they're going to get the elements together as a backup plan in a different galaxy. They're inside a blue opera singer. <laughs> One, you know, strangely not related to us. Yeah, Ian Holmes there and everything. Well, wait, he's got a while before he gets through. We can get all these people here. Bilbo's got the ring of power. <laughs> he just summoned a bunch of different various ring bearers of all kinds. <laughs> That's the way this goes, man. You, what are you? I'm a hobbit. Good enough. Before he goes back to Earth, he asks Sinestro to help him, and Sinestro's just like... Uh, I could, but, uh, I'm not going to. Fuck you. He gives him some encouraging words or something, and then he's like, but but go die, please. <laughs> yeah. He's like, good luck, even though you took my best friend's ring, who was the way better lantern than you were. Right, and that's like his big fucking to-do the entire movie. He's pissed that Abin Sir died, so he takes it out on Hal Jordan. Even though his ring chose him, like, fucking, you know how this works, dumbass? You know what, I, I, I can't knock the movie for doing things that 
the comics didn't do or, or copying it and doing it poorly, that is one element that is kind of accurate. I'll give him that much. He resents Hal for taking his spot? Kind of. And he's also, you know, he's kind of a prick to start off with. Oh, well, he's also pissed off because he's like, how could a human be the most powerful lantern? Right, right. This reckless fuck yeah. that's driving a car, you know, wrapping a gift at the same time in the beginning of a movie. <laughs> oh, he sure is. Oh, that's right. That's, yeah. It's fucking almost kills himself. But like Connor was starting to say, he goes back to Earth and he goes to Ferris Air and uh, Hector Hammond's waiting for him, but he's in a wheelchair now because his head's getting too fucking big. I can't carry. I need to sit down. Yeah, he's reached his final form. There's like a bait and switch th- that happens with the ring. Yeah, he's like, he he's like, hey, uh, you should take this ring. Do it, I dare you. And he's like, okay. And give me what's her face. And he's like, all right. Oh, that's right, because he gets there and fucking Blake Lively is once again just there to be in danger so Hal can save her. She's just floating with, like, a fucking syringe, like, around her uh, head area, and he's like, I'll poke her with it. Yeah, full of fucking yellow juice. He gives it to he gives it to Hammond, and Hammond puts it on and, like, shoots a hole in the morning. He's like, ha, 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 now I have green lantern power, even though I already had telekinesis. I'm not sure how much of a, like, an, how much of a boost that really is, to be honest. <laughs> it's like it's like a downgrade. But they make a big to do about it because, like, he's like he's like, oh, I feel the energy running through me, and then he goes to shoot Hal, and like the power beam like bounces off of him and at back at Hammond, and he's like, and um, Ryan Reynolds is like, oh, you have to be chosen by the ring. Yeah, I I'm the chosen one, so fuck you. And I'm like. What? Like 25 minutes ago, you were you were whining about how you're not chosen. You're not worthy. Yeah, and he's not like... That's not how that works, though. Like, once the ring is off you, it's not like you're protected by anything. Like, you are imbued specifically by the ring. They never established, like, Harry Potter wand rules, which I can't believe I'm the one making that reference. But wow. they never do that. They, ne- they never say, like, the wand will not accept you if you're not its original owner type rule with these rings right or you can use it but it'll fuck you up you know right because they, they've had tons of stuff in the comics where it's like green arrow uses it for like a hot second and it totally wears them out or batman puts one on and it's like oh you you don't have the willpower and batman's like well what the fuck i don't yeah yeah well i think we're all scratching our heads on that one well, i mean you know you gotta give the man a yellow power ring let's be real or a blue one <laughs> <laughs> it's just the wrong kind of ring, really, isn't it? <laughs> Put the rage one on him. Not that he can't, it's that he just hasn't found the right one yet. So, uh, after this little exchange, uh, Parallax shows up. He's like, hi, I'm here now, and I'm here to do some spooky shit. And he fucking 86 his ham, and he's like, you failed me, douchebag. And he fucking sucks his yellow bones out. Parallax, who could just basically, like, hang in the sky and create a construct of a fucking, like, solar beam and just <laughs> blow this place to smithereens, just comes in and, okay. Oh, casually. <laughs> Pretty much. But, like, what is his plan to, like, suck a soul, like, one by one? Yeah, what does he sell? Yeah, he's like, I, I'm scary. I gotta suck a whole bunch of people off before I can do the thing. <laughs> Starts rolling his, uh, just rolling his weird tentacles, like, down the fucking city streets, just sucking people up. Who lit off that fucking firework? He... Kind of like he starts, like I said, eating civilians. Um, and then at some point, Hal goes to protect somebody. Uh, and he kind of constructs a little, like, shield over his head. And then this is where the movie takes a really bizarre turn. 
Because Hal just decides he's good at this now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you mean the character I was looking for from fucking minute one of this film? <laughs> <laughs> but, like, really good and completely unwarranted or unearned. He just, he says some words and then can suddenly fight back this horrifying mm-hmm. cosmic nightmare that's been coming towards his planet. And he just starts whooping his ass. He repeats the oath and all of a sudden it gives him the strength of fucking, I don't know. Ten men. Yeah, it's, it's a problem... That exists in other movies, it's the just try harder problem, which you see a lot in Thor and Superman movies. Uh, it's just like, well, I'm totally defeated, but maybe if I just try like 10% harder, I can do it this time, and yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Green Lantern has a baked-in way for that to work that they just don't really execute well on with the willpower and everything. I agree, and that totally, it does work for that, but they do it like nine fucking times. And it's just like, all right, you, you you wore it out already. That and he's gone back and forth on whether he's good at this, whether he's worthy or not, or, you know, you know both of those things. So many times this movie. Dude, you're like the number one fucking fighter pilot that they want to just test against an AI machine. Like, what, what are you so worried about? And that's what I'm saying. I don't get it. Like, why is he afraid? Why is he insecure? He's doing all of this crazy shit throughout the whole movie, like this reckless-ass motherfucker. And then he's just like... I'm scared. He takes Parallax into space, I guess. Like, Carol shoots some fucking missiles at Parallax, and then he flies into space. It's two, like, jet engines that go into this thing's mouth, and he flies through it, and this thing (laughs) sucks itself through its own ass and then follows him into space. (laughs) It kind of does. It's just like... It's like, I'll chase you through my own butthole. You underestimate me. He's like, I'm going through your butt, Parallax, and so are you. And he's like, okay. Parallax is like, me too. Sure am. And then, you know, Martin Campbell's like, hey, did you ever see Empire Strikes Back? Did you ever see that scene with the asteroid field? I think we're going to do that here for like a hot second. (laughs) Martin Campbell's just sitting there like, yeah, I I read the uh, Parallax storyline in the 90s. Yeah, he sacrifices himself to renew the light of the sun. Oh, is that what happened? Huh? Huh? Get it? (laughs) Yeah, the sun was going to burn out in Parallax, but it was really how Jordan Parallax sacrificed himself to save the sun. And then Jeff Johns brought him back like 15 years later, and they retconned it. So their idea of interpreting that was just to have Hal Jordan punch Parallax into the sun? <laughs> yeah, that's my guess. Spoilers. And, and maybe the only cool action sequence in this film, honestly. Eh, I think cool... I don't hate it. I don't I don't think cool is the word. I mean, semi-entertaining, maybe? Sure executed well scene hal gets fucked up a bunch um he gets like hit by a fucking asteroid he's all cut up again this is the thing with why i wanted to ask about the uh the suit because he's all scratched up there's pieces missing and shit he's bleeding and shit and he's trying to get away from parallax and uh he remembers uh when what's his name polywog polywhirl what the fuck's his name? Kilowog? Kilowog. There was like a point in the training where he was like, look at that, that's the power of the sun. Uh, you know, you know the big, the bigger things are, the quicker they get sucked into the sun, or whatever. That's where the line, gravity is a bitch, comes from. It's literally there just so that you can have this payoff at the end of the film. But yeah, he like, uh, he conjures up two jet, uh, fighter jets to kind of hold him a- away from being pulled into the sun, uh, and then... Parallax is attempting to kind of like swallow his soul and go all evil dead in him. Oh, yeah. And it just kind of like he's being pulled back so we can't quite reach him. And then Hal is like, I'm just the best at this now. And like 
undoes the two jet plane constructs and then just sucker punches Parallax in the face, who then falls backwards into the sun. Oh, yeah, he's like, I'm a Green Lantern, bitch, and he fucking punches him. Yeah. It'd be better if he big-booted him. I think I would have liked that better. Just like a, just kicked him in the nose? Yeah, yeah, just like a big fucking foot... Tombstone pile drive him into the sun. <laughs> a giant green foot stomping on his face. And so Hal, like, passes out from the... the you know, this brief encounter, um, and just using all of his, I guess, his willpower. And then Sinestro, Kilowog, uh, Tomar Ray, uh, and, like, I think maybe one or two other lanterns show up? Nah, it's just, it's just them. The only three they give a shit. And Sinestro is kind of like, hey, not bad. Not bad for a human. And then next fucking scene, he, he Sinestro's like, oh, I thank Hal Jordan because I thought he was a big fucking pussy, but he killed the, you know, the thing that I couldn't kill. So I guess he's okay. So I guess he's the best Green Lantern ever. But also, I didn't even get close to the thing. I just watched all my recruits die. <laughs> this is also true. I didn't actually do battle with it, and yeah. Ardenson, or whatever the fucking guy's name is in the beginning, didn't even try to fight him again. Yeah, Abin Sir got taken out like a chump, like two hits to the fucking body. He was dead. Yeah, that's his name, Abin Sir. Yeah, he was just like, oh shit, yellow shit, I'm dead. So Hal goes back to Earth, all, everything's honky-dory, he's there with Carol. He fucking conjures up a fucking green dill out of the ring, and they have a grand old time. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, you know, sticks it in there under her skirt and just starts going away at her. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) The fucking green jackhammer. And he says, uh, you know, from when I'm gone, you know... Keep this by your bedside. <laughs> and he fucking flies towards the screen. <laughs> and then Jeffrey rushes like... And then Hal Jordan became the greatest Green Lantern ever. Maybe we'll get a sequel. Bye. And then the credits roll. Here's a mid credit scene where we're a tease for something that will never happen. Yeah, that we were robbed of. A better fucking film with Sinestro putting the yellow power ring on. Oh, yeah. And then just getting his Sinestro corpse fucking uniform. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, he gets the whole fucking shebang. Yeah. The whole, the whole uniform. Yeah, symbol and everything, man. Well, um, this was... Now that's basically... And that's the movie. It ends right there. That's the mid credit scene. Yeah, that's it. it. Oh, it's credits. So this film was supposed to be the entrance to the DC Cinematic Universe. This was supposed to be the, the step one. Yeah. But because the critical reception and the box office reception was was so bad, um, they were like, all right, fuck it. We're just going to start over. This is like Dark Universe shit with Wolfman and fucking Dracula 2000 or whatever the fuck it was. Pass on that too, man. It is embarrassing to watch like a bunch of people who are supposedly good in the at these jobs they all have watch another part of the industry just effortlessly pull off this this idea of a shared universe and nobody else gets it because their eye is on the fucking money right and like so is disney but they've mastered how to tell a good story and make a shit ton of money. And they're patient. Yes, if you don't piss off your fucking fans and you make a film that people can enjoy, um, that's all you have to do. Like The Last Jedi. Wow, Sean just really... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> just rub the fucking salt in that wound. So what are we doing? We uh, buying a ticket, um, torrenting it, or uh, waiting for VOD? I didn't see this when it came out in theaters. I don't know why. I apparently had some six senses to avoid it. Uh, because I can't remember why I never went out and rushed to see it. Uh, it's probably because I wasn't really into DC at the time. Uh, but then, uh, years later, I actually attempted to watch this while we were doing Phantom Zone. I started it, and I got 
really fucking bored and I turned it off and I haven't gone back to it until today. Um, I like, I, I guess I would torrent this. Like, I don't want to pay money for this at all. This movie's boring and nonsensical and just stupid. And it's, there's nothing special about it that makes it stand head and shoulders above any other, uh, film in the genre. Like, it is, it feels like a 2000s era superhero film where there's lots of bad decisions being made. Um, and when I say 2000s, I mean like 99, 2000, Daredevil, uh, those kind of movies. Um, it doesn't do anything special and all the things that it does are really dumb. Um, and it's too busy planting seeds for other stuff that we never got to see. It's miscast. Uh, it's all over the place. And it's just lots of silly nonsense. I didn't like this movie at all. So, yeah, Torrent it. I don't want to throw money at this thing. Fuck this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I would echo a lot of what Connor just said. Um, I, just, I would torrent this movie. I have vague memories of watching bits and pieces of this. I realized watching this yesterday, I had never seen this from beginning to end all the way through. So there were a lot of surprises in here um, and things that I just did not remember. This movie is just a lot of... it's. It really is uh, a thousand cuts type of situation where there's not one giant thing that bothered me, but it's a lot of small stuff that just adds up to this movie being meh. Just the definition of meh and just not interesting. When this movie uh, surpasses the 10-year rule that we have at Phantom Zone, I'm just going to direct people to listen to this episode of this show because I will not be on <laughs> because uh, you can't get me to watch again. Um, torrenting this shit for sure because I, I am a little different than I think you guys because like i'm not a fan of this shit like i i just don't i'm just not into green lantern like i said before or dc so it's just kind of like yeah whatever you know they just when when dc shit comes out i just kind of let it roll away or roll past me and then maybe i'll watch it later maybe and in this case it's no different but now after watching this because i'd never seen this before either um so this was my first full watch of this um Purely from uh, a mover, a, mo- a average movie moviegoer standpoint, um, I, it's just. I think the thing that it does the that that is the biggest crime here is that it's just boring. Um, there's a lot like once whenever a a storied plot development starts to go, it just stops dead in its tracks, and we shift to something else that. I could give a shit about that's not even pertinent to what the fuck is going on. It just it all feels very shoehorned in. And again, like I said at the beginning episode, beginning of the episode, that it you know they're trying to take uh, um, beats from from multiple um, story arcs and fucking kind of just hodgepodge them together here. And, and like I, if, if I can feel that as like just an average watcher, like that, that's a big fucking problem. Like I, I it, and again, like if I was one of you guys, I'd probably be having a fucking heart attack with this shit. Um, there, you know, there are some funny parts like Taika Waititi's funny. Ryan Reynolds has a couple throwaways that are, that are pretty funny. Um, some of this stuff is cool when they're on Oa. I like the whole, idea of green lantern and like the the power of the will and conjuring up um weapons and things and and that's your kind of superpower like i think that's neat um just in general but like this movie 
could have been a lot better. And it's just fuck I, again. Like it's just kind of whatever. Yeah. Like I don't really feel anything from it except uh, tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Like I just feel like like I want to take a nap. Like this shit's boring as fuck. Um. Yeah, torn it. Fuck this shit. Let's. Uh... I'd say finish the hat trick, but I think that's only three. Uh, I'm going to torrent this too. And you know what? It's it's on fucking YouTube for $4, and that's $4 I'd rather spend on, like, toilet paper to wash my ass after this fucking movie with. <laughs> um, listen, this this isn't, like, the worst thing I ever saw. It's not Pluto Nash or House of the Dead. No, it's not. Uh, it's not Dark Forest either. But it's definitely, like, middle of the dumpster if this was an episode that, if, if this was a regular episode. Um, and, and this is me removed from Green Lantern quite a bit. You know, if, if this was me when it first came out, this would be bottom of the dumpster buried under the fucking center of the earth, uh, you know, kind of movie, to be honest. But, uh, I haven't been that big of a fan of this in years. And I'll, I'll say this, honestly, like, if I could take anything away from this film is that, uh, I got my fucking Green Lantern comics out of the crawl space and I, uh, might fucking reread them and you know that i guess that's a positive that's a plus well there you go you know mark strong is is the biggest fucking sin of this film because he was legitimately great as sinestro and he's just never gonna get that opportunity again Mm -mm. um ryan reynolds is not the guy for this role i I know a lot of people at the time were pitching for nathan fillion i think he would have been fucking perfect Ooh, that's good but we get ryan reynolds who could not give two shits about this film he met his fucking wife and he made a joke about it in deadpool one and two uh blake lively's just kind of there uh sarsgaard's good but uh doesn't really get a lot of screen time yeah exactly exactly and it's like the the fucking green lantern core the most important part of the whole movie besides Hal, is just like shat out <laughs> yep it, it's kind of insulting to me as a fan kilowog and tomar ray are like these legendary characters in this series and you know they're just kind of treated as window dressing and you know <sighs> Like I said just a moment ago, if if I was just coming off of this after being super hyped into it like I was in the theater when I did buy a ticket in real life, way lower score for this one. But removed from all that, it's uh, it's, it's still a torrented film, but it is not a uh, want to murder myself after watching kind of ordeal. Whew. Agree on all counts. <laughs> yes. I mean, I want a fucking power ring just to create a noose in my goddamn studio closet and hang myself after this film, if I'm being quite honest. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit more tepid here. <laughs> I could use that brandy now. Uh, I just want to have one of those so I can like make myself a drink right now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, at least on on Wikipedia, which I believe is citing uh, Box Office Mojo, two hundred million dollar budget, and, and looks like the I'm assuming that's the worldwide box office was two nineteen. That's that's what I read. And opening weekend made fifty four mil. Like it, like it's not like it didn't make money. Yeah, but. It's a two hundred million dollar movie, and it, at least fifty million to a hundred million in marketing and all that stuff. Like, jeez. Yeah, it made money back, but then like made a like a minimal profit. It, the movie made nineteen million. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. There's a reason why Ryan Reynolds and everyone involved in this film just doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> so, Arlen, do you uh, you want to? Where can listeners, you know, get get your stuff, your pod, you guys' podcasts and stuff? Yeah, um, if you want to follow me for just to know where everything that I do is uh, at Space Columbo, I usually don't plug that stuff, but I'm here, so I might as well. Uh, and then Lost Haro Podcast uh, 
is my other show that I do with uh, Eric Sayor. I don't know if any of you really know him other than Connor, um, but it's our it's our show where we talk about movies. Uh, we usually go for like a theme or a director or something something like that, and occasionally we do sort of recently watched by both of us sort of stuff also. Um, so that's our show for uh, my site that I kind of run at this point uh which is uh uh so go there uh give it a look look at our other shows that we have and uh yeah that's uh I think that's all for me. Okay, awesome, man. So that's it. That's Green Lantern from 2011, directed by Martin Campbell. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcasts, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. I'm Arlen Harrow. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. How? Miss. How? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god, how? How did you know it was me? What do you mean? I've known you my whole life. I've seen you naked. You don't think I would recognize you because I can't see your cheekbones? What is this? Why, why is your skin green? Why are you glowing? What the hell is with that mask? Came with the outfit.